Wait a minute. I thought all you did was kill innocent people. Innocent? Is that supposed to be funny? An obese man? A disgusting man who could barely stand up? A man who, if you saw him on the street, you'd point him out to your friends so that they could join you in mocking him? A man who, if you saw him while you were eating, you wouldn't be able to finish your meal? And after him, I picked the lawyer, and you both must have secretly been thanking me for that one. This is a man who dedicated his life to making money by lying with every breath that he could muster to keeping murderers and rapists on the streets. Murderers. A woman. Murderers, John, like a yourself. A woman. So ugly on the inside that she couldn't bear to go on living if she couldn't be beautiful on the outside. A, a drug dealer, a, a drug dealing pederast, actually. And let's not forget the disease-spreading whore. Only in a world this shitty. Could you even try to say these were innocent people and keep a straight face? But that's the point. We see a deadly sin on every street corner, in every home, and we tolerate it. We tolerate it because it's common. It's, it's trivial. We tolerate it morning, noon, and night. Well, not anymore. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 177. Welcome to the Buzz Kill Podcast, where today we're talking about the concept of the kill. I always notice that you have like this weird announcer's voice whenever you whenever you do the title. It's different every time, though. I don't know where that came from, though. <laughs> the concept of the kill. What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, today, and this is COVID nineteen. Oh, oh, it's here. Oh, wait, shit, it's here with us. Yeah, it's right on this. It's on this oh, third microphone right here. It's, uh, just, that's that's just, Jansy pants. Just anyways, don't so touch whatever. your face. <laughs> just don't touch your eyeball to the microphone. You should be all right. What? <laughs> Get your eyeball <laughs> off the god. I tell you and you immediately oh, do it. And I touch my eyes too. Um yeah, god, coronavirus, huh? Mm. It's funny. Couple uh It couple- is funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if um if making if making light of a very serious situation is not your bag, turn this off right now cuz uh yeah. if you can't laugh at the shittiness of the world, then what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, what are we doing here, man? We spend uh, every week talking about people getting their heads chopped off and how funny it is. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I mean... It's like a big hat. It's just as funny when it happens in real life, right? Exactly. <laughs> but, maybe, uh, maybe not, but we like to th- pretend like it is because uh, uh, this show wouldn't be fun if we weren't making fun of stuff. Exactly. And, dr- and drinking a little and, bit. And you know, we, we invite everybody here into our lives once a week. And uh, the thing is this. If we're we don't we're not putting what's, on what's the thing the thing is this we're not putting on any kind of a show here I mean technically I guess we are <laughs> technically like, this whole thing if is you were a to show. come over and just have a conversation with us you get the exact same thing that's Pro- why that's pro- why probably worse probably worse actually <laughs> definitely worse but um, that's kind of one of the things I like about this show is that we I don't like to call us a review show or anything like that we are just a discussion show like we we watch something and we discuss it. It's not always popular opinions. We're not always right about everything. And we spoil all of it for you. All of it. Which, speaking of, spoiler, if you haven't seen spoiler Seven, alert. apologize for that, that intended oh. show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
I don't know who who in the world hasn't seen Seven. So this is that's your own damn fault at this point. Oh, if you haven't, uh, I that that whole that whole thing might not honestly might not give you, away the big stuff. No, because you true. don't even that's really true. know. You don't even, if you haven't seen it, you don't even know who that is. That's true. So it doesn't really matter. That's true. Um, you should still watch Seven. Absolutely. Probably. The, I I'd say I think it's my favorite David Fincher movie. Oh, I yeah. I, a lot of people love Fight Club. I love Fight Club too. Oh sure, but it's not my favorite Fincher movie. Hell, I actually like Alien Three more than I like Fight Club, only because whoa, I know right, I know right, <laughs> going crazy here. I just I just like, and I hated Alien Three for the I mean, longest it's time. I mean, poultry guys, but <laughs> I I hated Alien Three for the longest time, and then I finally came around to it. And even though that when movie we, when is, we watched it for the show, yeah, because we discovered. We discussed it and discovered new things about it. Yeah. That's the beauty I, of this show. I like that movie a lot more now than I used to, um, but I also like it more than Fight Club because I feel like Fight Club was one of those movies that was ruined for me by everyone around me because people freaked out about it when it came out. And it, you know, so it has oh. it had that kind of stench to it. See, I was I grew up in Bad Axe mm-hmm. where nobody does anything. Nah. So uh, I I knew two. I knew, Everybody talked about Fight Club there, didn't they? <clears throat> nope. I knew. Rule, man. I knew exactly <laughs> two people who had seen the movie Fight Club. One of them was my buddy Dave Matthews. That's his real name. And does uh, he have a band? Huh? Does he have a band? No. Hmm. Uh, different Dave Matthews. Does he? Does he? Does equally he, as talented? Does he dump poop on people off bridges? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not the Dave Matthews you're thinking of. <laughs> Equally as talented, just not not the same dude. Okay. Uh, so it was him and one other person that I even knew who had even seen the movie. And so they had told me about it, and they had said, oh, it's such a good movie. But when you have one or two people telling you it's an amazing movie, it doesn't really ruin it for you. That's true. Right? See, for me, I had, like, the my entire school, I had, like, every everything that was... Everyone everywhere was talking about it, and mm. I hadn't seen it at first. Like, I did not see it when it first came out. So uh-huh. by the time I did see it, for the first time, it was just kind of like, you go into it expecting, you know, <laughs> the greatest film ever made, because that's how people talk it up. And you yeah. like, well, it was good, but it just, I don't know, didn't have the same effect on me, I guess. I responded very well to it the first time I saw it. But it's it, also, I don't know, like, I it's also... I. I um, because who the hell was it? It might have been Car- Carney. Is an insane Carney loves Carney is an insanely huge uh, Chuck Palahniuk fan. Yeah, I always want to say Chuck Fillelic. <laughs> I don't know why Chuck Fellatio fan. <laughs> Carney's a huge, uh, huge fan of Chuck Fellatio, and uh, I mean who and, isn't? Come and, on. <laughs> and and he uh, like so he he filled me like after I had seen the movie for the first time. He filled me in on all the the details of the book and mm-hmm. like just how much there really is to it. And then, so the first time I watched the movie, I loved it. The second time I watched the movie, I, and I went back and I really like kind of picked it apart. And then I read the book myself. Oh mm-hmm. man, game changer! Oh yeah, such a good movie. But I will still say seven just for just for the sheer fact of what it is. It's a like, perfect oh, movie. Man, it's it so is, good. It is an absolute perfect. Perfect is a and no 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 no. No, it's it's the right term. It's the correct term. You think so? I do. And and I also hate this other term, but I'll say it. It's a perfect thriller. It it's, is. It's it's an absolute treat. It's an absolute <laughs> it is what treat. It is. <laughs> Shout out Mindless Genius for 
totally uh, annoying the hell out of James. On yeah, <laughs> you're pro- you're sitting at home listening to this, just sipping on some milk right now. I just know it. <laughs> Eating some Pringles, sipping on some milk. You bastard. You and Mike should get together to sip your milk. Oh gosh, is that you? Is that are you wheezing? You're about to spit take. Swallow it, Mike. <laughs> Swallow it. Lick our droplets, Mike. <laughs> Lick our droplets. <laughs> Mike just ran across the room <laughs> to spit into a sink. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> you suck so much. You started saying that right as I took a sip. And it was a big old mouthful. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. I just <clears throat> wasted whiskey. I feel, oh, I feel bad about that. Oh, my God. The uh, the lick our droplets thing is in in regards to <laughs> to, to Mike to Mike uh, and because uh, Mike works at a church yeah yeah uh, my wife because he was like ah oh, they're they're still having us come in they closing down the church but they're still letting it be open for private prayer and stuff mm-hmm. and you're like blah blah, blah sickness and blah and, and Aaron's like well just don't lick the droplets and you'll be fine. <laughs> So I made a gif of just like water droplets falling into a pool saying, lick our droplets, Mike. It was a really good gif. Um, so yeah, oh, the, so yeah the, uh, the, the speaking of the coronavirus is starting to affect me a little bit here. Hopefully everything should be absolutely fine. I'm not going to freak out about it or anything, but they're uh, closing down the, uh, the, the arch, archdiocese of the, uh, of the area had made the, has, has proclaimed no, no church from now until April 6th. So that means uh, no mass on the weekends. No mass on the weekends means no offerings, which takes a big hit to our payroll. So I'm a little bit nervous about how this whole thing's going to shake out, but can't, I'm hoping... Can't the Pope just throw some Pope money at it? <sighs> that no, fucking thing that he no, wears on his... The thing that he wears on his head is worth like a million dollars, isn't in it? In fairness, <laughs> in fairness, I will say this. Pope yeah. Francis is way less flashy than any other Pope. That is true. He doesn't actually wear any jewels, yeah. even when he's in full... full Pope gear. Full get up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like instead of rock aware, it's poke aware. Pope aware. Pope aware. Poke aware is an entirely (laughs) different different thing. thing. That's that's the kind of thing that you would wear. Big in Pennsylvania. That's the kind of thing that you would wear when you're listening to uh, Weird Al. (laughs) No. God. Why can't I think of what his name is now? If Greg listens to this, he's going to pit right on. There's a, there's a, there's a, ah, fuck. Oh, oh my God. This is going to piss me off. Johnny Wright? Is that his name? I have no idea who you're talking about. Right on. I'm not up in my polka stars. Shit. He's going to kill me when he hears this. <laughs> we have a, we have a, 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 I'm doing air quotes right now, a polka legend oh. in, in Bad Axe. Does that actually exist? Like, is that a real thing? In a his polka he- legend? In his head it does. Um, <laughs> and his name is John, I think it's Johnny Wright. Okay. Like W-R-I-G-H-T. And his... <laughs> His polka album is called Right On, <laughs> like W-R-I-G-H-T. So bad. And it's just a picture of him with a moulet, just a sweet, curly moulet. That's oh, awful. man. It's, it's awful. Oh, God, it's good. But um, anyway, what were you, why did we get on the topic of polka? <laughs> I don't know. We were, oh, the, uh, the Pope. Oh, the Pope, yeah. This Pope, is a mess tonight. Pope, Pope Francis, though, does wear very modest stuff or whatever, and, I, and I, I respect him for that. That being said... He's Catholic, and Catholics don't care. Mm. <laughs> All they care about is making money. <laughs> for example, for example, no large gatherings, right? It was proclaimed 
We still had a fish fry tonight. Oh. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> well, hey, man, they don't call it the almighty mm. dollar for nothing. Right. Right? Just drink out of that community cup every week and you'll be safe. <laughs> well, <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> uh, in, uh, in other news, my kids aren't going to school for mm. four weeks. Because not only, so Gretchen Whitmer, uh, the governor of yep. Michigan, yep. said, hey, no school for three weeks. Yep. But then my kids three weeks off of school butts right up against their spring break. Um, so I got them for four weeks. Is that what they and mean by be, everybody? And is, it's going to be an absolute joy. Is that what they mean by everyone keeps saying that like they're, they're having extended spring break? Is that what that means? I Just don't. Because there's, it's added on to it? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. All See, we know is that the, the <clears throat> coronavirus is fucking up a lot of shit right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I still, I still think. I, and if and if you're out there and you're and you you disagree with me, that's fine. I still think that this people are really going overboard. Oh, they are. I do, dude. I I've been having fun with it on like my Instagram pages. I'm creating a whole <laughs> yeah. post-apocalyptic story about the coronavirus. Yeah, those have been fun. <laughs> I like them. But um, I mm. here's the thing. I uh, girl's a babe. Yeah, she is. We're watching uh, Friday part uh, part six right now. Yeah, we finished. On mute. We finished. Jason takes Manhattan a little while ago. The and best now, Jason. Yeah. Right? Well, he kicks over in boombox. It's the greatest <laughs> part in any Jason movie. Look at this girl with the right? eyes, though. Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, you with the eyes. And she's a babe. What's up, babe Arino? Um, <laughs> no. Uh. 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 Well. God, we're a mess tonight. What the fuck were we talking about? No, I'm what not. What the fuck a mess. was I talking about? You're talking about your post apocalypse. Oh yeah. Just keep just yeah. take a little mental note when you when we go off on a well, different thing. You got to take a little mental note. <laughs> that wasn't the point of what I was talking about, though. Um, I'm like we're having fun with it and all that because why not have fun with it when you can? You of course, know. Yeah, yeah. But like people are literally going crazy. The shelves are empty of like toilet paper and cleaning supplies, and I don't get this. I was at the store the other day just doing my regular shopping because I'm. A normal a, person. A normal person. Yeah. And um like people are hoarding water. Why are you hoarding water? There's nothing wrong with the water. We're yeah, not you, gonna run out of water. Yeah, you know we got tap water, right? <laughs> like the <laughs> corona the coronavirus is not in the pipes. Like you're you're good. You're okay. <laughs> I don't I don't I get don't it. get it. And the toilet paper thing boggles my mind supposedly what somebody was telling me is because all the major manufacturer manufacturers of toilet paper are based in china and then and they're everyone's thinking that you're not going to be able to get it because they're not doing trade with them right now but then my whole thing is yeah but if that came from china what if you're wiping your butthole with the coronavirus oh no china <laughs> right but that's but, that's why people are freaking out but it's but just, hold it's on so dumb. hold on worst case scenario you have to find something else to wipe your ass with. Or you just hop in the shower. Right. Every bathroom yeah. has a shower you're, in it. it. Chances are, if you're listening to this sitting on a toilet right now, which most of you probably are. Mm, it's true. Um, There's a shower right across from you. Take a shit. Hop in the shower. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not above wiping my ass with my own hand. Absolutely not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you get as clean as you really want to be. Mm, mm. But That's why on. you follow it up with a magic eraser. Oh God, <laughs> Mr. Clean! Just you really want that abrasion? <laughs> you want the abrasion factor because it really gets into the the wrinkles. <laughs> oh, We're figuring man. it out. We're figuring it out here. But like, um, fuck it, use a towel and then wash yeah, your towels yeah, exactly. with the water. That still works in your house because there's I, nothing wrong with the I, water. I don't get it. But what you were saying though fuck is like, it. and then hold on, wait, hold on. Sorry. And then the ha the hand sanitizer. Yep. Oh, that stuff's a hot dude. That, Hold on, there. Do the do the math, folks. If you fuck it, if you go and you buy ten 
things of hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. that means nine other people don't have hand sanitizer. So yeah, you have a shitload yeah. of hand sanitizer, but guess what? Those other nine people have dirty hands. So you might have clean hands, but then you're going out into the world where everybody else has dirty hands because you're hoarding all the hand sanitizer, and you get it anyway. Yep. It would be better if everybody just went and bought one bottle, Mm -hmm. and then we'd all have clean hands. Yep. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with you people? It's so stupid. On yeah, money. I, like the the. The stupidity of people during this thing is just driving me nuts, man. Yep. Like, and I'm I don't on... talk about it. I don't talk about it on social media because I know that, I don't know, somebody will jump down my throat. I'm on eBay right <clears> now <throat> and I'm looking at uh, bottles of Purell. Eight ounce bottle of hand sanitizer from Purell, $33. <laughs> like the fucking... gouging. And the you gouging know somebody right will now. pay that much, oh, right? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. It's nuts. Like Amazon's been sold out of everything. Like it's it's stupid. Meanwhile, you know what I ordered on Amazon yesterday? I, I was looking at my my pants, my joggers that I wear to the gym, right? Yep, yeah. And I was like, ah, I'm getting some pilling, you know, like some uh, some lint pilling. Mm-hmm. I need to order myself one of those little shavers that shaves off the pilling. Ooh, a bunch of those are really available right now. Yeah, <laughs> that was 15 bucks out the door, baby. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, I um I was I was dismissive about the whole thing up until about. I would say about a week and a half, maybe yeah, probably about a week and a half ago is when I started kind of changing my tone a little bit. No, this was within the last few days because well, no, within the last within the last few days, everything really has jumped a lot in the last like forty eight plus hours. Yeah, but um, you know, historically speaking, I based my my dismissiveness on it not out of ignorance, but actually out of you know just historically speaking, every single year. There is a virus that they claim is going to be this pandemic, and it right. never is. Right. So historically speaking, there was nothing to freak out about. It you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that this is at least a little bit different than all those. Actually, a lot more different. I mean, not since I was talking to my mom about this the other day, and she was saying that she can't remember a time outside of something like World War II where the entire <clears throat> country has come to a standstill. In terms of all of its major events, all of its literally everything is stopped. Yeah, she can't think of anything. Even the blackout didn't stop stuff from happening at, at, on the scale that this is. You know, you have you have countries that are literally shut down in Italy. Like this is a big deal. Like like it's 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 a lot bigger of a deal than I think most people thought that it was. So I'm even though I'm not worried about it in our age group. We're young and healthy. If we get it, we might be sick for a week, but we'll be fine. It's more, I'm more worried about being exposed to it and then carrying it to somebody with like an immune deficiency oh, of or course, something like yeah. that. So, yeah. I, you know, in I'm, our, I'm, I, I'm going to do the responsible yeah. thing and especially distance myself from anyone who, you know, is immunocompromised or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was telling my father in law uh, earlier today, I was like, I would kind of, I, I would kind of like to see, because every single year, we have flu season, mm-hmm. and the flu's nasty. Sure. The flu? This is different than the flu, though. Flu kills a lot of people. Sure. No, it is different than the different. flu, but I would also, like, I would like to see, but people people feel comforted by the fact that we have uh, flu vaccines and also, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, the mortality rate for having the flu is low. Yeah. I would like to see, though, like, what the, like... If you tracked the spread of the flu across the country the same way we're tracking oh, no, COVID nineteen, it's, it's COVID, it would be it would look so much scarier. Oh, COVID nineteen though is is a different virus though. It's 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 you're you're still comparing fruit to fruit 
but you're not comparing apples to apples. It is a it is a different <clears throat> disease because the body, from my understanding, God, this is turning into a weird yeah. podcast. The body though it doesn't have the antibodies for it the way that it does the flu. Like the flu can still get you sick, but your body can fight it off. Whereas COVID nineteen, from my understanding, your body's not equipped to fight it off. That's the problem with it. Most most people and it when, spreads a lot quicker. Most people who get COVID nineteen, it's yeah. it's mild. Oh yeah. When you I mean, hell, kids aren't even susceptible. Right, to it. right. When people who are elderly or immunocompromised get it, then yeah. you have bigger problems. Guess what? Same thing with the flu. True, true. You I know just, what I mean? Yeah, I just, I just don't want to be one of those people though. That I just don't want to be one of those people that are like, you know, uh, uh, oh, it's just, it's just the flu. Get over it. Do, do, do. Like, no, I'm I don't not, be I'm not trying to be I'm like not, that. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I think that. I think we're going a little crazy. I think that the mass hysteria is what's crazy. I Dogs think and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Hey, I have Ghostbusters news today. But uh, anyway, though, right, enough, yeah, we're, enough uh, corona, we're really rambling about this. Enough Let's, coronavirus uh, talk. I almost wanted to buy Coronas to drink tonight. I thought about it just but I because... We got another month of picking stuff coming up here, so we could put a little infectious disease plenty, thing in there. Plenty drink of time. Drink some Coronas. Plenty Come on, of time. It's perfect, right? <laughs> this is going to be going on for at least another six months. So <laughs> Plenty of time for us to make light of a pandemic. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to say this right now. If the pandemic strikes me, and I get it, uh-huh. I am still recording a show. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm just saying. I don't yeah, care, if, I don't care gonna... if I got to do it from a phone into you, because I'll be in the hospital. I'll be in quarantine, so I don't care if you got to bring all this shit to well, no, me. You, no, you won't be in a hospital. You'll be quarantined in if your I'm place. If I'm dying, I will be. Well, you won't be dying. You don't know that. But I'll be... I could, I could be stabbed at the same time. I'll be... <laughs> Unluckiest I coronavirus could be, I could be stabbed with a blade tainted with the coronavirus. Oh. I think I just gave somebody an idea, actually. There you have it, I should folks. probably not put that out there. If anybody gets stabbed with the coronavirus, it wasn't me. I swear to God. <laughs> March what what's today? <laughs> March fourteenth. There's just a rash of <laughs> coronavirus stabbings. <laughs> I mean, what if you got like a strain of it though? Somebody just it, gets a hold of some bad bat stew and dips the blade in. No, no. What you do is you 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 get you get. A, I'm telling people how to do this. You get a vial of the actual virus, right? And you mix it with water. Where are you gonna get a you, vial of it? I don't know. You rob a fucking place. Oh, from, oh, from the uh, from from the from the from, from the coronavirus store from the lab yeah. in Wuhan that it came from. Or the labs around here, they're all testing. Shut up. Do you, see what, I, do you Bob, see what I just did? I did. Yeah. I did. If Jane, Silent and Bob can break in and get a monkey, somebody can break in and get the coronavirus. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But you take that, you mix it with water, and you freeze it into the shape of a blade, and then you stab somebody, and then it melts <gasps> into them. And then there's no evidence. You literally stabbed them with the virus. And there's no evidence because no the blade. Melts. Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. This is, well, this is why I'm so <clears throat> smart. <laughs> speaking of things that are unimpressive, why don't we get into some corrections? Stupid! You're so stupid! Okay, a couple things from last week. Okay. Uh, the plural of platypus is, in fact, platypuses. Is it? It is. Mm. Who knew? I still like platypi. I'm still going to say platypi. As am I. But yeah. it is platypuses. Okay. That's, I mean, it's kind of fun to say. Platypuses. <laughs> um, it was Martin Scorsese and Stephen King both who cited that The Changeling is one of their top scariest movies ever. Uh, Ale- uh, Alejandro, uh, I'm going to get this name right. 
Alejandro Amanabar. 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 I'm going to go with that. Doesn't sound right. Alejandro <laughs> Amanabar. Oh, so you got the first name wrong. Is it Alejandro? I don't have an R in my name. I'm guessing I'm, it is. Either I typoed it wrong or... You typoed it wrong. Whatever. A he typo also, by its very nature is wrong. <laughs> he also, though, cites this as one of his top scariest movies ever. Like I said, we didn't really get it, but hey, whatever. What do you mean we don't? We didn't really get it. Well, we just didn't think that it was as as like the, the scariest movie ever made. Oh, you know, oh, that's all. That's um, let's see here. I did see that shadow you were talking about. I went back and I rewatched that scene where uh, the guy in the in the changeling where uh, he's going up into that room for the first time. And you see that shadow in the bottom left hand corner. Mm-hmm. I did see it, and I'm going to say that it was probably a crew member because of how fast it moves. Uh, it's really obvious, though. Well, I know, but it, it, but the way that it moves, it's almost like, oh, shit, and you move away really quick. <laughs> Whereas if it was a ghost, I feel like it would be more of like a, you see it, and then it would slowly drift away before he came in. Like It would be more intentional. Whereas what we get almost seems panicked. I think that you're overgeneralizing about the behavior of ghosts. I, well, until, you know? until I talk to a ghost myself and see how they move, that's all I can do. That's fair. <laughs> um, last thing here, the movie with the, the movie with the changeling that you couldn't think of last week. You said, you said there was another movie with a changeling that you couldn't think of. It was the Hole in the Ground. That was oh, the movie. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's not what I was talking about. You said there was a movie that we watched <clears throat> where somebody, like uh, the, the the mother, or whatever, and their their the, their child came back yeah, as something I know, else. I know that. That's the chain. That's the hole in the ground. No, I was talking about the one because I I specifically mentioned that it was from an anthology movie that we watched. There was a holiday anthology movie that we watched. I want to say that it was. Okay, um, well, that I don't remember. Was it a Christmas horror story? Is that what the name of that movie is? Mm-hmm. Christmas Horror Story? I want to say that it was from that. Okay, well, whatever. Hole you, don't, in the you don't remember that at all? I, I really yeah, don't. Yeah, Hole in the Ground was definitely about Hole in the Ground like, definitely had it. Um, well, so maybe. Well. We had our... We don't know. We had our, our thoughts about it. But the, uh, wife, the wife was too. Come on, let's be honest. Um, all right, what are we doing this week, James? Oh, wow. That yeah, we're just, there. Uh, we're there just already. came out of nowhere. So this week... Why don't you go get the beer? Okay. Um... This week, except for remind me what we're... T- oh, this week. <laughs> uh, what a killer concept. This week was another one of my picks, because apparently that's all we're doing is my picks. Um, so I thought, concept killers. These aren't, these aren't really so much uh, horror movies. I mean, they are horrific uh, by, the, by the nature of what happens in them, with, you know, with the killing and whatnot, because killing is indeed horrific. But they're not really horror movies. Sometimes I'd say they're sometimes more. Sometimes it's beautiful, though. Of course, I'd I'd say really these are, and I know you hate this term, but thrillers. they're thrillers. Well, here's the thing. You know, we um we never once branded ourselves as an as a always horror podcast. We can branch out as long as there are themes that fit what we're doing. And no, uh, I think de- these two movies most no, definitely fit the theme. Definitely not when in our uh, every single one of our bios where it says our love of hooch and horror. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say that we are a horror podcast, though. It just says that we talk about. Oh, that's all I'm saying. A little loophole there, right? But, um, um, yeah, no. So, these... we're ta- so we're talking about the movies seven, seven, David classic, Fincher, the classic, classic David Fincher film, seven, and seven. Uh, also a movie that I I just I just learned about randomly maybe six months ago called mm-hmm. Animorph mm-hmm. from two thousand seven, seven, seven. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 
Dun, 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 dun. I don't know what that theme song I just made up was, but that's that's the new that's the new song. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, featuring possibly the scariest person alive. The Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. I I like Willem Dafoe, but man, I we'll we'll get there. If, I don't want to talk about this movie at all right now. If he if he's not the Linane Rouge coming to life, then I don't know what is. He does have a beautiful monkey face. That's very true. All right. So wow, what yeah. is this? Yeah, I have no idea what this is. Oh shit. Yeah, dog. Dude, right? Just fuck. You know what? <laughs> come on, dog. Online. Come I, on, dog. I <laughs> I set him up. Mikey knock, Mikey knocks him down. This man. is a hard vine. I was at the store for about forty five minutes today. It's a hard joint. Is I what it is. I walked around that store at least four times, looking at every single can before this jumped out at me. Oh, we've had another beer from McKellar before, have we? Not long ago. It was when we made our change to this studio. So Jay's last show. It might have been. What we drink? We had we had one other we had one other beer from McKellar, and I can't remember what it was. But anyway, this is from McKellar Brewing in San Diego, brewed and canned by McKellar. You put an extra R in that. San Diego Brewing. <laughs> Brewing. It's a it's a full pint of beer. Limited series proof of concept. I mean. Come on. Does could it that, get could any, that be better? any better? Come on. Now. This is extremely tiny writing, so I apologize if I, uh, my old eyes are not. Hold on. My eyes are so old. <laughs> <laughs> this is a West Coast style India pale ale. Uh, oh, wow. And then. Nothing? Do I got to look this up? Well, the rest is in. <laughs> this is from San Diego, and the rest is in German. It's in Pig Latin? What? No, it's in German. Where are you seeing this at? Uh, the ingredient list. Why are you reading? Oh. Uh, Ingredienser Vand Big Malt. Oh, wow, you're right. Hummel Ag Gear. Here, I'm going to look this up. Oh, ingredients. Water, barley malt, wheat malt, <laughs> oats, hops, and yeast. Um, uh, wow. McKellar beer. Or maybe, that, or maybe that might be Dutch. This is how prepared we are for this show, guys. <laughs> let me let me tell you. Yeah, there's nothing on this can. I wasn't prepared. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, you got it. I found it. Okay, I found it. Uh, magic of the internet. A base of American two-row and German Pilsner malt, with a bit of Munich Type One for some malty sweetness, and Carafoam for amazing head. <laughs> Sounds like plastic. <laughs> for amazing head. <laughs> I can't read this because I'm five. Head retention. <laughs> Come on. It's not even bad. Come on. Head retention. Whirlpool editions of Mosaic, Simcoe, and uh, Michigan Chinook. Have mm. we ever? Have we ever really uh, finalized our opinions on that word? Yeah, Chinook? it's a fish. Yeah, but it's salmon. Some, but we've had a discussion about what <laughs> that actual word is. Oh God, is that COVID? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Show's over. Michigan Chinook adds spice pine and notes of juicy pineapple. Ooh, I like pineapple. Dried, dry hopped, dry hopped it with Amarillo, Mosaic, and Simcoe for that classic Pacific Northwest piney, resinous, tropical aroma. Man, if this thing tastes the way that they're describing it, I'm gonna really like it. Uh, Mike's so, not here to respond to what oh, yeah, I'm sorry, saying. I'm here now. <laughs> I got you glasses. So, fun story. Um, I don't think there's any relation whatsoever. Um, but my grandmother's, my grandmother's mother's maiden name was Simcoe. Really? So I could be, I could, I could be, I could hail from a family of hops. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Just, you got, just, you got, 
You got hops in the blood. And I am German. You're so Czech. I'm, I'm 50% Czech, 25% German, 25% Polish. Bitch. Wow. But I'm just saying, though, maybe if these are, if Simcoe are German hops, and my family name technically comes from Simcoe, I'm just saying. This yeah. is a lot lighter than I expected. It smells good. It's a very nice, it's a nice golden. Mm. Usually a lot of these more, uh, these more crafty, crafty beers are, they're always, you have had all in your beard. Um, <laughs> do I? <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> but usually they're a lot heavier, though. A lot of these, like, like... Like these cans in particular, these smaller breweries, they, they tend to do a lot of heavier beers. Well, let's see what we're working with here. This baby's a 6.8er, so it's not real heavy. Oh, you know? Ooh, it smells delicious. West Coast style Indian Pale Ale, baby. It's, uh, oh, it's, it's an IPA. That's right. Hmm. I forgot you said that. All right, smells, well, cheers. Smells sir. lovely. Very fruity. Cheers. Mm. Good head retention. That is delicious. Of course. That's really ooh wow the back end like I, <laughs> shush shush no no it is it's Drink. really fruity on the back end though like it's like you swallow it's like <laughs> shut up it's like wait, after you swallow it though when you exhale it's like what that, what lingers on your breath is very fruity <laughs> shut up <laughs> I can't help it all right <laughs> we, we can never be actual beer guys <laughs> you know because we do this. We we couldn't we couldn't uh, we couldn't compose ourselves enough. To... We couldn't. No, but do you get what I'm saying though? Like I do. Yes, it, it is very fruity. Like on like the the, the aftertaste. Okay, I can't, I, I'm sorry. When yeah. it hits the back of my throat, there's an explosion that happens. Oh, that throat explosion of fruity flavor. <laughs> that throat coat. Mm. I love throat throat coat. I do. Um, that's really good. No, though. this is this, this is, is uh, fantastic. It's delectable. It's a little bit uh, of an expensive four pack too. What's it? Yeah, it was seventeen bucks for a four pack. Yikes! Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's not good considering considering. Uh, be out of a you job might never, <laughs> you might not, you might not ever get paid again. Fuck. Well, <laughs> if I did it for I if, did it for all of you listening, all if, three of you listening. If I did there's it for no you. good Catholics to tithe, oh. then where the hell are you going to get paid? Is there such thing to begin with? I don't know. <laughs> Good, are you talking about tithing or good good Catholics? Good Catholics. <laughs> I'd, um, I'd, I'd say I'm pretty standard. Pretty, yeah. pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty heathenistic, so. Um, okay, so. This is delicious. It really is. All right. Well, hey, guys. That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. Um, so in, uh, in a world where the coronavirus is taking out people left and right, uh, there's people that died the old fashioned way this week. <laughs> the good old fashioned way. The good old fashioned way. <laughs> Just um, kick the bucket. Let's see here. Uh, rest in peace, first and <clears throat> foremost, rest in peace to veteran of the screen actor Max von Sydow. Oh, geez, I forgot right. about that one. Yeah. yeah, it was almost a week ago now. He died, like I think, right after our last show. Yeah. Um, Von Sydow famously portrayed Father Marin in The Exorcist. That's probably what he's most well-known for, at least in terms of our circles, because it's probably one of the most well-known horror movies ever. 
like literally ever. <laughs> so, um, also, he was also in Flash Gordon. Uh, he was in Conan the Barbarian, Strange Brew, Dune, which I just watched, uh, Needful Things, Minority Report, Shutter Island, and Game of Thrones. He also, he also, interestingly enough, voiced the character of Vigo the Carpathian in Ghostbusters 2. Did he know? So the actor that actually played Vigo had his voice had, had his dialogue redubbed by Max von Sydow. Well, it's because his accent is insane. Probably, right? probably, yeah, isn't it? But that's pretty awesome, though. I had no idea. Yeah, no idea that, that was him. But uh, pretty interesting. I don't. Also, he was in. Uh, um, what the fuck was the? It was a fun uh, noise you just made. <laughs> um, the 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 new the newest or or the the first of the newest Star Wars movies. Um. The Force Awakens? Yes. Oh, was he? Yeah, right in the beginning. He was the old man who... Uh, oh, was that him? Who Kylo Ren yeah, yeah. kills. No, yes, yes, yes. Or well, Ky- does Kylo Ren yeah, kill he, him well, or he has with, other people? Yeah. He's meeting he, with... Um, they're on... Uh, yeah. They're on... Is that, is that, that's not Tatooine, is it? Where, no, I don't think no, it's Tatooine. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember where they are. He's I'm, meeting I'm, with Poe Demeron in the thing. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. getting the map. Yeah, that's Max. Yep. Yep. Oh, cool. I don't recall reading what he actually passed away from. I mean, uh, it didn't say it in the article that I was reading earlier, but was um, his, he was in his nineties. I also didn't oh. read an, uh, an age, so he was he was old. Basically, you did nothing. Yeah, I did nothing. <laughs> um, anyway, rest in peace, though, to Max von Sydow. He yeah. uh, let, like I said, living well, not living, but legend. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> we know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, also, rest in peace to Gary B. Kibb. K i b b e. Kibb. Kibby. Kibby. I don't know. Kibb. Kaibi. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably, it's <laughs> probably one of those. Gary B. Kibby, we'll call him. Uh, he was 79 years old. He was uh, the cinematographer to John Carpenter on almost all of his films, uh, including Prince of Darkness, They Live, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, Escape from L.A., Vampires, uh, Ghosts of Mars, Body Bags. He also did camera op on Big Trouble in Little China and Halloween 2, as well as uh, RoboCop 3. And a couple of others. So he, uh, he, him, and John Carpenter were stands to reason that John liked him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he was seventy nine years old. No cause of death, but uh, rest in peace to Gary Kibbe. Um, you did a lot. Like you, you lived a good life. You he, know. Uh, at least in his, if he grew a mustache <laughs> in his <laughs> the, the the his uh, IMDb photo, mm-hmm. he'd pretty much be Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka. Ditka. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. And lastly, rest in peace to actor Nicholas Tucci. Um, this one sucks because he was only 38 years old. Oh, boy. Uh, Nicholas Tucci uh, passed away, it sounds like, of some sort of cancer. He did die in a cancer hospital, so I'm drawing that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, he played Felix in Your Next. Uh, he was in that, and he also had a role in the, the Daredevil series uh, as well as the upcoming 10 Minutes to Midnight. Any uh, any relation to Stanley Tucci? I don't know. It's T U C C I. That's Tucci, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yep. Um, I have to double check. It is me after all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have no idea if there's any connection to it or anything like that. But um, I said 38 years old to lose anybody at that yeah. age. That that just sucks. Yeah. Uh, and we loved your next. Your next was oh yeah, it was great. Fantastic film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, highly highly recommend it. But uh, rest in peace to Nicholas Tucci. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some uh, some better news here, shall we? Sure. The coronavirus. <laughs> All right. The uh, let's just get through this. The coronavirus has officially shut down the sets of Fear the Walking Dead, 
as well as Stranger Things 4, mm-hmm. postponing them for the unforeseeable future. So as long as this goes on, they ain't making it, which means probably that release dates, at least the planned release dates, are going to be pushed back on both of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the virus has uh, also, if, you, if you're not keeping up, it already canceled the seasons for the NBA, the NHL, the MLB, the NCAA, South by Southwest, Coachella, the Tribeca Film Festival, all, um, I think at this point... Well, hold on. It, you said the ML. It didn't cancel the MLB season. From my understanding, no, they canceled, canceled. They canceled spring training from, and they pushed back the start of the season two weeks. Okay, I thought that I had read something different. I will take your word for that, though. But Live Nation, you're wrong. Whatever. Live Nation has canceled <laughs> all of their arena tours and most of their smaller tours as well, uh, and also Tom Hanks. Oh, jeez. Worst, worst of all, Tom Hanks has been canceled for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Tom Hanks has been canceled by coronavirus. But he's in Australia. I mean, can you think of a better place to be? Son of a bitch. I mean, even he when he's like, losing, he's winning. He seems like he's doing okay, though. Uh, he's been doing some like uh, some video updates and okay, stuff well, on his... Uh, I don't know if it's on his Instagram or his Twitter or what have you. But um, yeah, he's he's been doing video updates. He's doing, he can he's survive, doing just fine. So. If he can survive being stranded on a desert island and being exploded in the Klopek house, I think we're okay. Right? I think we're good. Right? Right. Exactly. We're good. Yeah, we're all fine. Don't uh, all worry that, about it, guys. All that running we're from fine. all that running from Forrest Gump, all that cardio. He's in great shape. <laughs> we're good. Um, let's see here. Uh, also, due to the coronavirus, Paramount has canceled A Quiet Place Two. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That sucks. Uh-huh. Uh, Disney has also pulled the plug on the Del Toro produced Antlers, which we were very much looking forward to. That sucks. <laughs> get, and you know, you know, <laughs> get to the funniest one, dude. Get to the funniest we one. We called this. I got to put this out. We called this. We did. At the beginning of the year. So, we said that So the... you could almost say that we predicted <laughs> coronavirus. No, no. <laughs> fucking, who's the, who's the actor, the, you know, the, the, the writer? That's He's not Stephen King, but he's the other really big... Uh, Dan Brown. No, 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 um, no. Other horror Oh, writer. no, Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz <clears throat> predicted the coronavirus. See, I, I heard that that was... I heard that that was actually... Uh, Fake? Yeah. Okay, well, the internet has lied to me then. <laughs> Go figure, dude. Uh, yeah, I yeah. heard that that wasn't, like, in the original, in the, in the first edition of that book, it was actually Russia. Okay. And it was and it was some other thing. Whatever. Close enough, though. You Whatever. Know? Know. Um, okay, let's just get into it. The New Mutants has been oh, indefinitely God. pulled from the schedule. <laughs> This movie is never getting released. How pissed off do you have to be if you're the director of that movie? It's been delayed for two years. It finally had a release date. Pulled again. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at it. No, dude. But this is funny at this point. I don't even... We called it. I don't know, man. We 100% called that this movie was not going to see the light of day this year. We called it. Just putting that out there. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Just to round this out, uh, also canceled uh, Fast and the Furious 9. Sorry, hiccups. Fast and the Furious 9 has been pulled in in the schedule. Uh, No Time to Die, which is the new James Bond movie, has also been pulled, as well as Mulan. And I gotta be honest with you, Mulan looks badass. Mulan looks good. Looks really good. Yeah. So I'm a little bit bummed about... uh, Every single one of those movies, to be honest with you. Not that I was going to probably go to the theater to see any of them, but because I don't go to the theater anymore. You don't at all? I mean, rarely. 
Is it because of coronavirus? No, it's because <laughs> I hate people. It, honestly, it's because I hate people. You know, this is a That's good... That's the only reason. This is a good time to be an introvert. It's a great time. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about anything. Right? I wonder if the theaters are actually closed, though. I, don't think the th- I haven't heard about theater closings, but if everyone's too afraid to go to the theater, maybe this is the best this time. This is probably the best to time to go. Because you know they clean them still, so mm-hmm. and they're probably well, what, even... what does it mean clean them to begin with though? <laughs> that's that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, though, uh, so that's all. That's all of my coronavirus news. We had to touch on that and, and get past it. Um, this is actually exciting news. Scream Scream Five is actually happening. Oh, uh, what? I'm okay with this. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pissed off about it, saying that it doesn't need to happen. Fuck them. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm completely okay with Fuck it. you. If it sucks, then you move on to Scream 6. Maybe that's better. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Screen 5 is happening with uh, Matt, uh, Bet- Betty Nelly, Betty Nelly, Betty Nelly Open. Bet Nelly? Bet Nelly Open. Matt Bet Nelly Open. I'm not even looking at the word, the name, and I can tell you that I'm right. <laughs> this is why I lean on you. Uh, and Tyler Gillette uh, directing. They are the pair that recently directed. Well, it's actually Gillet. Shut up. Is it? <laughs> Is it? No. No. Um, shut up. Well, there's no E at the end. It could be. The pair recently directed the Samara Weaving starred uh, Ready or Not, which I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, I've been yeah. wanting to see that yeah, movie. I wanted to see that. I haven't seen it yet. And it's also being produced by longtime Scream Scribe. Scream Scribe. Scream Scribe. Uh, Kevin Williamson. So that's awesome. Yeah. He's still back. He's back in the fold. So I have I have high hopes. No idea if this is going to connect with the other ones, if it's going to be a reboot. Hopefully not. I don't know where they would go after four, though, personally. But hey. Writers have ideas, so I've got high hopes. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, I said I had some Ghostbusters news. Uh, Ghostbusters fans will be happy to hear that the two movies' official novelizations will once again be available for the first time since the eighties. Cool. Um, the, they're being collected into one volume, so two books in one volume uh, will be available this April. What's exciting about this is that a lot of times with novelizations, you get details about the story that were left out of the movie mm. that either may have been in original scripts or original ideas or notes, or they're just new for the book that embellishes things or explains things more, you know, that kind of stuff. Of course. So if you're a big Ghostbusters fan and you've never read them, now is your chance <laughs> and might fill out the story some more. Fill it out. Right? Yeah. Uh, Karen Kusama will be directing the new Dracula oh. for Blumhouse. Oh. All very exciting things. Yeah. After after Invisible Man, we we mentioned this I think last week maybe that uh, one now that the Invisible Man has done well that, that Blumhouse is probably going to keep doing a lot of these. Thing about Dracula is though is that Universal doesn't actually own it because it's public domain. So chances are Universal will get behind us and partner with Blumhouse for it the same way that they did Invisible Man. Sure. I, I, I don't see any world where that doesn't happen. Yeah. But uh, it has not happened yet. Um, but Blumhouse can go ahead and, and just do it regardless because, once again, it's public domain. So uh, that's cool, though. Karen Kusama, or Karen Kusama is amazing. She did... Uh, uh, Jennifer's body. Yep. And uh, uh, the invitation. Yeah. Oh man. The invitation was invitation absolutely was so incredible. Uh, Jennifer's body was one of those movies I saw way after it came out. Yeah. And Same. I think that I appreciated it more because it, I didn't see it around all the hype when it came out and people hating on it when it came out. It's a and good all that. movie. It is. It's a great I think movie. people. I, I think people were. I, uh, I don't know the exact timeline, but I I kind of want to say people were sort of sick of uh, um, Megan Megan Fox Megan at Fox, the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Megan Fox, yeah, but come on, come on, 
Yeah. What if, a, what hey, a fox. Hey, if, <laughs> if you're sick of Megan Fox, it's because you're jealous of how If you're good sick she of looks. Megan Fox, I'm sick of you. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Not about that. No, Jennifer's body was great. Jennifer's um, body is very, very similar. Like, it's one of those movies that everybody said was shit, and then you watch it and you realize that it's absolute genius, the same way that Jupiter Ascending is. <laughs> I have not seen it. But I know that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm going on record, and we are going to do Jupiter's Ascending as a bad brew one day. It's going to oh, happen. Okay. And I'm going to go on record right now. I'm going to say this. In 15 to 20 years, right, when people are looking back on cinema of the early, early, you know, early aughts and 2010s, they're going to look at that movie and be like, this is a sci-fi gem. I'm calling it right now. It's going to be forgotten about. It's going to get rediscovered the same way that a like Tammy and the T-Rex is or any of these other, and people are going to absolutely love it for what it is. I'm calling it right now. I can't, I can't really give you my opinion one way or the other. Dog man on roller ne- skates. I'm never, <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you need to know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, what's on Blue James? Okay. Um. Second Sight Films out of the UK announced last year that they were re- restoring George... I don't care. Next. Oh, okay. Uh, Scream Factory. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Second Sight is restoring George A. Ramiro's Dawn of the... Fuck my stupid uh, throat. Um... Uh. <laughs> you say I say stuff yeah, bad. <laughs> you heard me, and I meant it. All right, restoring George George A. Ramiro's Dawn of the Dead for an upcoming 4K Ultra HD release. See if I talk like this, it doesn't happen. It now has an official release date of October 26th. The set will include Ramiro's original unrated U.S. theatrical release cut, Ramiro's pre-U.S. release can cut. And the foreign edition edited by Dario Argento. Full details will be out on March 27th, and new bonus content is expected. Here's what I'm wondering: is the is the Argento cut the same restoration that Nicholas Winding Refn did? Because this was released only in the UK on Blu-ray, so it's not necessarily 4K. So I'm wondering if they if they redid it once again. But I know this one looks incredible. I don't know, yeah. but that cover is sweet. Right? Is dope, right? Yeah. Uh, this is just super. I, honestly, cool. I don't actually own this. It's a rip. But <laughs> what the fuck? Where did uh, you get the? Well, because it's not it's not available in the states. Oh. And I don't have a region free player, so uh, <sighs> this was ripped for me so that I could actually watch it on my player. But um, but it looks beautiful though. The Nicholas winning Refn. Uh, redo uh, yeah. or, or re, um, re, recut, re, re, not, remastering, not remaster. Yeah. Uh, of uh, of Argento's cut of Zombie Dawn of the Dead is mm-hmm. incredible. It looks amazing. Cool. So I'm just wondering if they're using that same restoration. I don't. I I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't uh, know. it's just conjecture. But uh, and just as a little addition, Second Sight will also be releasing Romero's 1977 vampire flick Martin on the exact same day. Which is March 27th. All right, next up, Scream Factory has announced a new upcoming, uh, their, their new upcoming releases for June of 2020, including 13 Ghosts. Awesome. Art the for 2001 it. remake of Will, uh, the William Castle original, which will be hitting shelves on June 9th. I, I fucking love this remake. I was going to say, this, this is remake. Justin's so good. favorite movie. <laughs> Justin Rogers. Have you forgotten about Justin already? <laughs> 
J. Have Rod. you forgotten about J. Rod? Well, no, already? it's not. I, I was. I was going to say it's. It, we never called him Justin on the show. That's true. You talking um, about J. Rod? Yeah, J. Rod. You're in a band with somebody That's named true. Justin, although not in a band. We didn't even talk about the fact that you played your last show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. Eh, all right, talk about it next week. Moving along. <laughs> um, no, I love. I love this movie. It's great. The 2001 13 Ghost. It's the epitome of 90s horror. It really is. Well, like, except for it was in 2001. Okay, okay, it's fine. Early 2000s. Nine, late 90s, early 2000s horror were very similar. But my point is, though, that era, yeah. this movie just embodies that. It's like the era where like they didn't exactly know how to use CG. <laughs> so a lot of it looks kind of bad, but a lot of it looks really good all at the same time. It wasn't a lot of CG, though. There's a um, lot of practical, like all the, of, all, was, the but... all the ghosts were, you know, that was all practical makeup. They were all scary as hell. The yeah, fuck, you know, the jackal, the the uh, the uh, the hammer, the juggernaut. You're gonna say the ham? The ham. <laughs> Dude, big honey like, baked glazed coming at you. These these were they were they were terrifying ghosts. This movie legitimately terrified me. When there, I, was I, I remember this, and I'm not remembering this. I don't don't think because I'm a pervert, but like there was like the topless. <laughs> Chick ghost, right? Oh yeah, the she was uh, terrifying. The bound woman. She was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this was the first DVD <clears throat> that I ever owned that had special features that um, delved into the history of each of the characters. There was there was a little featurette for each ghost, uh, for each ghost that described their history and like mm-hmm. what they were all about, and I thought it was the coolest thing at the time. Hmm. Uh, I wish more movies would do stuff like that. Anyway, 1990s uh, Tale from the Dark Tales from the Dark Side. The movie will be also, out on June 10th, uh, June 30th. Sorry, great art for it. Have you seen? The oh yeah, the artwork is amazing. I think for the all Tales one's better than the 13 Ghost one. They're both really good. I agree. Yeah, uh, they're both really cool though. Love this movie. Incredible. We Orca. talked about it on the show, didn't we? We did. Yeah, yeah. we did an episode on it. Uh, Orca from 1977, which is basically Free Willy, except way more heartwarming, uh, will be available. Greatest on, description. <laughs> will be available on June 30th, and 2009 slasher, The Hills Run Red. I am so excited that this is getting a scream treatment. Yeah. Now it's not a collector's edition. That being said, a lot of their regular editions mm-hmm. also do come with at least a couple of new, like at least like a documentary or a new interview or something, you know. So I'm very, very excited mm-hmm. to get that. Um, the Hills Run Red is totally underrated. I feel like a lot of people it, haven't seen it. No, I agree with you, and it has one of the most bone chilling scenes of yeah. any slasher movie. Me and you don't, I, even, yeah, don't yeah, even say it. I'm not going to. Just go watch it the has Hills Run Red. One of the most bone chilling scenes to us, at least yeah. in any slasher movie. Ever. It's that weird, like we've talked about, it's that weird thing where all of a sudden you're pulled back into reality yeah. and you're like, oh, shit. And on top of that, Sophie Monk has really nice boobs. Hmm. I wouldn't know. I'm mm. I'm a married man. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a monk. <laughs> and, I, and I'm Sophie. Uh, uh, extras are still in progress for those releases, so stay tuned. Yep. Uh, or don't, because I'm not going to tell you. All right, Blue Underground has announced their first two releases on 4K Ultra HD. Lucio Falci's Zombie and William Lustig's Maniac. Both films have been restored in true 4K 16-bit Ultra HD with Dolby Vision, HDR, and a new Dolby Atmos audio mix. And will feature hours of extra features. May 26th, dudes. 
Fucking pick it up. Fucking pick it up. Where did Mike go? Mike's gone. Mike's putting a new movie I'm in. Putting a new movie in. Why wow, did we watch all of? We, yes, <laughs> yes. Friday part six is done. <laughs> this is our longest episode ever. Even if well, we, it's only an we hour. Breaked in, for a while. It's, so. o- it's only an hour in, but we keep taking these little breaks <laughs> that are adding up. It's true. Um, um, yeah, that's it for blues. Well, your wife texted me. She did. She did. Why? Oh, she said, "How you doing, big boy?" <laughs> oh no, that's my aunt. What? Um, <laughs> she didn't actually text you, did she? No, it was. I, it I was need gr- to know this no. in case she's trying to get a hold of me. <laughs> no. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. My last bit of news: uh, the Spawn reboot has been a little bit quiet uh, as of late. Um, and last that we had heard, Todd McFarlane's "All or Nothing" demands were the reason behind the holdup. You know, he he has the the backing of Blumhouse and Jason Bloom, and like. He had it made to get his reboot made, but his demands of he must direct and there can be absolutely zero script changes have hindered this movie ever since because yeah. he will not budge. Yeah. Um, yet he still wants millions of dollars to make a movie. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we found our we we got our first casualty of that this week. Um, and I will uh, I will let McFarland say it himself. Uh, he's quoted by saying, "Last week, I got some discouraging news. Uh, we had an Academy Award-winning guy who was going to do the movie with us, but he fell off. There's only one person that could possibly be, and that is Jamie Fox playing the role of Spawn." Oh, oh! He's the, he's the only one. He's the as far as I know, he is the only Academy Award winning guy that was on that set. Um, and then Jeremy Renner is going through his own shit right now because apparently he got drunk and beat his wife or something like that. Oh, God, Chris, Chris really? Jordan was telling me about it. I don't know that I. I'm saying that. Oops, sorry, I didn't. I, I don't actually know the ins and outs of it. But apparently there's a thing that happened, and he apparently has alcohol problems or something. I don't. It's all, it's all okay, so, let, so let's not start in yeah, on the, no, no, no. the wife beating this, stuff until this we is actually. What I, I'm just saying this know is what the I details. heard. This is what I heard. Yeah. Um, wow. I will. I will look that up though and clarify next week if I need to. Okay. But um, apparently, yeah. Um. So wow. So I thought that they were actually into the because no. With, we've been talking about Jamie Foxx's uh, Spawn for well, Jamie like Fox two years has now. wanted to play Spawn for years, years and years and years, which is why he signed on so quickly when this first came up. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem like this movie's ever going to get made because Todd McFarlane is a bit of an egomaniac. He's being a cock. Yeah, like yeah. like, and I like his work, but like he's he just don't be a cock. When you're you're in the movie industry, like there is no such thing as all or nothing unless you are self financing your own movie. Right. This is all there is to it. And quite frankly, if there are people that that tell you your script needs work, maybe listen to them. Yeah. I understand that you're a comic book writer, but comic books aren't movies. Right. So I don't know, but I'm I'm getting skeptical as to whether or not we will literally ever see this movie get off the ground. That's weird, man. That's weird that he would have such a like a just such a dick attitude about it like that yeah i mean i don't know that i don't know like that he's, why not why not accept help the, from people if they're trying to make the movie the best it can because be? he thinks they're gonna ruin i know that studio story, yeah like but, of course studio notes coming from you know studio notes can often it, ruin a movie because the people his, who are giving you new notes might have been sweeping floors last year his title character though spawn isn't supposed to talk in the entire movie so i could very much see a studio being like well we think spawn needs to talk and if he's like no that the completely defeats the whole purpose of the character i can at least understand also is not wanting to budge on that but also could you put a scary oven in there at some point 
What movie was uh, that from? I know it was, it was, it was, I know it was Adam yeah, Green, was, but what was the movie that they wanted him to put a scary oven into? It might have. I don't remember. It might have actually might have been Cabin Fever two. Maybe I don't. I, I would need to look that up. But the scary oven. He also he also wrote a script for Aquaman, and they told him to take out the water scenes. That's a real thing, like because it was going to be too expensive. Yeah, yeah, like to take out the water scenes. It's Aquaman. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, anyway, boy. though, uh, so yeah, that's Hollywood. You are, you guys are fucking a, twisted, man. You're a fickle bitch. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's uh, that is your news. Mm. That's that's what we got. All right. Are we watching? Part, oh yeah, part yeah, we're putting seven. Parts, yeah, part again? seven. No, we watched part six before. Isn't part seven? Uh. Jason takes Manhattan. No. What's part? That's what, part eight. Oh, it is. Yeah, baby. What's seven? Oh, New Blood. New Blood. <laughs> it's the first one with Kane Hodder. Come on, James. Uh, catch boy. up here. All and right. You're a, you are a horror podcast host, and you just asked that series of questions uh, on Friday the 13th. <clears throat> oh, wow. You are you are a, I'm a just real, a disappointment real, to the real. entire horror community. Yeah, I'm a real piece of work. And to your parents. All right, um, so we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about one movie that is legendary. And one movie that we're going to talk about. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks. A man slashing himself into a bloody pulp. And graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. talking about concept killers this week concept killers like what's a concept killer a guy that guy that kills with a concept what's the concept what's the con- conceptology <laughs> i got nothing um what's the symbology which it's, it's it's very funny that we bring that quote up because Symbolism. i much prefer willem dafoe in that type of a cop role <laughs> than i do him in this type of a cop role. Uh, yep. before we get there before we get there uh-huh. um we're talking about anamorph from 2007 directed by h.s miller uh, a psychological thriller based on the concept of anamorphosis a painting technique that manipulates the laws of perspective to create two compelling compelling Ugh, two competing images on a single canvas. Now, I think we've all seen this before. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if you've ever seen the kind of thing where it's like a whole bunch of lines, right, and it looks almost like a barcode, but then if you tip it forward and you look at it dead on, there's words, that yeah. would be anamorphosis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or even uh, uh, probably something that even more people know about these days. You see those those street art things where it looks like uh, oh yeah like it looks like somebody's standing on the edge of a cliff yep or like the edge of an active volcano about to fall in, but then you look at it from, from a, a different perspective. You look at it from above and it's just like fifty feet of weird lines. Yep, you know. Yep. Uh, but then you look at it a certain you look at it at a certain angle. It, it it's the uh, forced perspective, you know. Like it makes it makes you see it. Like once you once you get at a certain angle, you see it from a different perspective, yeah. and it comes together. It comes to life, basically. That's yeah. basically what the concept of this. You the know. guy with the the killer would would murder people, and it was a little bit. This movie was very confusing. 
not I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I understood everything that happened <laughs> in this movie. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the movie explained properly everything in this. We're not going to sit here and pretend that this movie was good. <laughs> was good. <laughs> I wanted to like it. I really, mm. really did. Because first off, you have Willem Dafoe, uh, who plays the lead. Uh, he is uh, Stan Aubrey. Then you have uh, Scott Speedman, who plays Carl Ufner. He is uh, Carl is basically uh, Stan's new partner, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, you have, uh, let's see here, James Rebhorn was in it for a little bit. Uh, Peter Stormare was my favorite character of the entire of the entire movie. Well, it's because Peter Stormare is uh, amazing, fucking awesome. Whenever he does anything, um, correct me if I'm wrong. He was the chair dealer. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, literally weird... he was like a drug dealer that sold Willem Dafoe sitting chairs. Well, he wasn't. He was an art dealer, but Willem Dafoe's character he seemed real sketch though. Willem... Did he not? Like, well, well aren't art dealers kind of sketchy? I don't that's know. True, that's true. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, uh, his character, Stan Aubrey, was, for some reason, he was into chairs. Hey, man, you do you. Like Victorian, Renaissance, Lazy Boy. I like the hardwood. <laughs> you name it. He wants it, right? Yeah, it was, so, a, it, was a weird, it was a weird, quirky part of the story that literally never paid off. Yeah, it was just there, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you also have Clea Duvall who plays Sandy. Um, Clea Duvall, I've said this before when we did the faculty. I think she is not only a great actress; she's a babe, Stokely, bro, Stokely, right? But she's like she's she's has this weird, like um, almost exotic kind of attractiveness. It's bizarre. Like it's not like what you would. It's not classic. You know, I I don't know how I'm describing this. It's not like um, describe a hot woman. This is what it would be. It, it, she's not really that. She has like her features are very specific to her, but it's very I don't know. It's weird. Just say it. What? <laughs> she's not classically hot. She's not classically hot. No, I'm just. <laughs> but there's something about there's her something that's about, hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She it's, puts her pieces together like, well. It's it's not offensive because. Uh, because you and I can relate, because neither of us are classically hot. It's true. But there's something about no. us. Uh, may, well, maybe me. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, even though she looks like the female Josh Hartnett, still hot. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. She, she does. does. Oddly enough, they're totally. both the faculty. Oh. So I don't oh, know. I don't know. And, <laughs> wait, hold on. And they, oh, no, no. They're, they're not the ones that hooked up at the end. Because she, she hooked up with the jock at the she end. She hooked up with the jock, yeah. So who, who hooked up with Josh Hartnett? He was... Josh, Josh Hartnett, Hartnett Jordana, though. Didn't Josh Hartnett hook up with Jordana Brewster by the he end? tried. Oh, no, no, no. That was he Elijah tried. Wood. That was you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did hook up with Jordana Brewster, right? So did he end up just alone at the end? Josh Hartnett? Out of everybody? Ended up alone? That's I can bullshit, rela- I can dude. relate. Um, you also had two completely random cameos. One in uh, WWE superstar Mick Foley. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> and the other was even more random in Debbie Harry. She literally was on screen for a second. 
I don't know who that she is. She was the neighbor. When he goes downstairs to ask oh, his neighbor if she, she heard anything, it was Debbie Harry from Blondie. She looked from... Oh, God. Completely random. I was like, what? Debbie Harry, what the fuck are you doing? That's crazy. In this tiny-ass little role. I didn't look her up uh, after I saw her. And I was when when I saw her on screen, I was like, man, she looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that was. Never even would have guessed that. She, wow. I, just really random casting. Maybe the director or somebody was friends with them or maybe it was defoe i don't know Shirley plays the absolute aloof bitch neighbor to a t doesn't she well he did wake her up at like two in the morning yeah but he's like he's he's like oh somebody broke into my apartment and she goes huh and then shuts the door <laughs> that's true like no sympathy whatsoever thanks yeah deb. okay she thanks deb um okay so let's let's just get into this then though those are all the, the characters those are this movie wasn't great. Let's just um, let's just say this right off the bat. Interesting concept. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, uh, it, was, it was interesting. Con- I, I like the idea of the art, and I like the idea. It actually reminded me of another movie that I can't place, but I felt like I'd seen something very similar to this before. Um, <laughs> but you, you, it's without it was, going it, into the entire inter- plot. Interesting no concept. Point. Poor execution. Yeah, without going into the entire the entire plot because there's no point in it. It's basically you have uh, Willem Dafoe's character Stan. Uh, he is a teacher of like police forensics or whatever at this point, like a police academy. He's teaching, and he used to be a detective. And he worked on this the the Uncle Eddie case. Uncle Eddie was a serial killer um, that like strung up his victims basically as art yeah and he would use this force perspective so or projection perspective whatever you want to call it to display his art before they found the bodies uh like they like through a pinhole in a wall basically like it was, it was kind of his mo and um well not not just that it wasn't it wasn't just uh because that was the the camera obscura scene yeah 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 where he set that up that was the first kill that you saw in the movie in present day. I kind of got the impression that he had done that in the past, which is why they called Stan back to the scene, though. It wasn't just the camera obscura, though, with oh, the, like okay. the, the, the backlit projection kind of thing. It seemed like it was... Uh... Just the, the art of the way the body was spread out and all that? Yeah. Okay. Well, regardless of which, yeah, they thought well, they had... Because the entire opening montage of this movie was all of his victims. Which I did like the opening montage. Yeah. That was actually really cool. And it was... Into, like So... That was that was something that was really cool about about it. Like that, he he. It was almost it was very um it was very street art of him in a way. Like he would. I just realized. Sorry, real quick. He I just would, realized I'm triple fisting a seltzer, a beer, and a whiskey and coffee all at the same time. Go on, go on, girl. Living my best life right now. <laughs> go on, girl. Uh, uh, the opening montage was cool. It was like, it was very pointed. You know. Uh-huh. Like it kind of gave you, it kind of set you up for what you thought you were gonna get into. Like every single, every single body that they were showing specifically had the word "dead" written on it. Yes, in big red letters, and then it was like, <clears throat> and it was like uh, "dead," and then it would name the place where they were dead. Yeah, and then it would say where I found them. Mm-hmm. So it was like. Um, like uh dead on the docks where i found them or dead uh at the end when this was uh somebody like in a train car dead at the end where i found them so it kind of 
you thought that that was going to play into the movie somehow. And it really didn't. None, none of the other victims after that, aside from the very spoiler last alert, aside, aside, it's spoilers here. We're going to spoil yep. just yep. like we always do. Aside from Clea Duvall's character, Stokely. Stokely. <laughs> nobody else had that. What was her actual name? She was uh, um, uh, Sandy. Sandy. She will be Stokely from here on out. Nobody else aside from Stokely had that. Yeah, that word yeah. on them, and oh my god! So, so I know he we're jumping around so here. So he completely ditched his whole mo. Yeah, it throughout the movie, it like, really why, didn't. Yeah, it didn't it, make any sense. This movie didn't really connect itself very well, um, and I think that comes from. I think this movie suffered from a couple of things. You obviously, Willem Dafoe was amazing. He's always amazing. Um, his performance was a bit lackluster in this, but I think that he yeah. did the best with what he had. Uh, yes. And Willem Dafoe, from my understanding, is not a guy that will necessarily just take the easy way out. So to make him look bad takes what? Where'd the bullet go? Oh, oh it's right here. Uh, yeah, the whiskey is with us, my friend. Um, to make Willem Dafoe look bad takes effort. <laughs> you know? It's it's weird because I, I guess it's it's one of those things where it's like the material... That you're giving, you're yeah. given to work with. Maybe that's the, what. De, maybe that's what uh, this movie determines, like how good your performance is. Yeah, I think this movie. What this is. What this is to me. What it clearly is is this was a this was a writer director. Um, I'm assuming he wrote this. Actually, can you look that up for me while we're while I'm talking here? Of course, I can. Um, I'm assuming that he wrote it. But whoever did write it, it seems like it was like maybe this is the biggest thing that this writer and director had done to date, and they were very lucky to get the actors that they had in this film. Okay. But being that it, it, it does feel very early, like they don't know exactly how to flesh out what they're doing yet. You know, like sort of, I don't want to use the word amateur because that's not the case, but definitely they're not, they're not seasoned vets in any one of the processes. Yeah. Um, and the editor, I will say this too, I don't know who edited this movie, but the editing was atrocious. Um, well, the first of all, we watched it. We we literally couldn't find this movie anywhere no. other than YouTube. I understand why now. And I think that YouTube, I think the version that we watched on YouTube was maybe a little bit chopped up because those weird fade to blacks. No, see, I had see, I yes, the the fade to blacks, the, the transitions from scene to scene, and a lot of the times it would just literally just fade to black, like you're going to a commercial, which made me wonder. Was this a made-for-TV movie? But I looked it up, and it wasn't. Or this played in film festivals, and this played in theaters. It was not a made-for-TV movie. were we watching a version that had aired on TV? I suppose that that is always possible. I don't have any proof of that. It's possible, but I, I also just wonder if it was just the, I don't want to say ineptness, but like <laughs> a bad editor that just didn't know any better. It's it's very possible. Well, this was written and directed uh, by same guy he, by okay. Henry Miller. By that's the what, same that's guy. why I'm just wondering if maybe this was a very early thing and and maybe budgetary reasons they couldn't afford anybody better. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, perhaps perhaps I don't know. I, perhaps that's why his career didn't go on too far it didn't. after this. <laughs> no, it really didn't. Uh, this was this was his first, as far as I can tell, it was his first full length feature. And after that, he did one episode of a TV show and then one other movie. Yeah. So, so. that all aside, um, it just this this it just felt like I don't know it it 
it's a weird it's a weird movie to try to there's no narrative really that pushed the movie forward it just felt like it was scenes that were built up and then the next scene happened you know like it didn't feel like i was never engaged by this movie at all it was very boring actually i felt and there were some things that should have been like really cool and fascinating like when they would discover the uh the crime scenes mhm especially uh there was the what was it the second or third one where the where they had that big um actually all the crime scenes were really cool they should have been really cool they they'd be like something that you would expect to see but they weren't photographed well no they just weren't no i think the most photographed well scene that was a terrible sentence <laughs> the um the scene that was photographed the best. That sentence was as good as the <laughs> photography in yes, this movie. Yes, actually, that's a very good representation of that. The scene where uh, Willem Dafoe's character finished the drawing using that giant apparatus where he traced the one drawing and then it made it big. On the, that was a really interesting scene. That's what I'm saying. Like, But it wasn't that, shot well. That scene should have been so cool. Because that was a cool, that was a cool but concept. That should have been like, backed by some sort of like traditional, like violin, classical music or something like that. Yeah. Like while he's going, and he gets into this thing rhythm, and like that could have been edited and shot so well, and it could have been a brilliant scene. And then, and then and when they just and wasn't. then when they pulled back, and you finally saw the image that he painted, it should have just been like, <gasps> yes, and it wasn't, and it wasn't. <laughs> it the, was, the reveal was actually. Like, what the fuck did he just paint? Yeah, like, well, it doesn't I look think like maybe it's supposed to be Willem Dafoe, but I don't actually know. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and and the fact that they, him and uh, Scott Speedman's character, what the hell is his name? Um, Carl. Yeah. Carl. <laughs> Carl Oofner. Um, the fact that they showed up at this crime scene, and then they went in there by themselves, and I, like they were just so, they were so unaffected by it. Yep. And this was a friend of uh, Stan's. Yeah, this was a friend of his. This yep. was the guy who worked on him with the with uh, he would worked with him for the original Uncle Eddie case. Terrible name for a serial killer, too. Oh yeah, it's Uncle Eddie. Ter- and Uncle they never and they, Eddie. and they never even explained why. No, they never they, explained anything no, about the about there's, the there's killer. There's a whole there's a whole sub story about um, uh, Clea Duvall's character, and then there was another girl, but. And that was dead on the dock. They didn't give you. They, any, wow. You don't understand how they connect to the story at all. Oh Jesus! Like this movie sucks. You got. I got the impression. Yeah. I originally had gotten. To the, <laughs> you're just realizing this. Well, no. I had originally like gotten the I... impression that that he had saved Clea Duvall's character from the killer. Yeah. And that there was another girl that end up dying on the docks that he couldn't save. So the two girls, one dead, one alive, who was going through blood transfusions for some reason. Never never explained never why. Never talked about it. Don't understand it, but he's just in a hospital with her getting blood transfusions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. What? They're talking though like, hey, you know, you saved me and you tried to save her and this and that. But then she drops a line and he's like, she was, she was, you know, dead, blah, blah. There was more water or there was more blood than there was water. And she goes, the, I was down there. She goes, I was down there. What the fuck do you mean she was down there? That doesn't, you know, how was she a part of the story? They don't say anything. They were hookers. They were hookers. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. 
No, are you, I, are you just piecing that together, or do they actually say that? Did I miss that? That is that that is that's what I pieced together because that's the only explanation. Because it doesn't make sense. It does. They don't explain anything but about what, that story yet. Yeah, but what Stokely's was, character what could was have literally connection? been not in this movie, and it would not have mattered. What was his connection? Uh, the 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 other girl. What the hell was her name? Uh, Sandy was a uh, crystal. The girl who he was all tied up with, you know, like he was all bent out of shape about yeah. the fact that her, she got murdered five years ago. Mm-hmm. They never explained why he had a relationship to her. And I got the sense that this is, yes, yeah, so this was me just piecing things together that her and Stokely were hookers because. But you're just saying that because it's the only thing that makes sense. Because they don't explain anything. Right. There's context clues that kind of point in that direction. Okay. But no, they don't really get and 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 so if they were hookers, he was a detective. What was his connection to Crystal whatsoever? I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just a, a person that he was trying to save that died. And if that's the case, you could paint but, that so much better. But when 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 Stokely says that she was down there too like it was just two random chicks. Like, because uh, Crystal, then, they Crystal, they show her she was dressed in a short skirt and yes. a big like okay. gaudy so, fur coat. Okay, hooker, I get it. So I get that. And and yeah, and like thigh high boots. But then, so why why else would two young girls be down at the docks? He's also right. He's also a detective, right? And she goes, "I was down there too." And he goes, "I didn't know that." You're a fucking detective. How did and, and you've been friends with this woman for the last five years? <laughs> How did you not fucking know that she was down there when this girl died? Like, how has that never come up in conversation outside of her getting a fucking blood transfusion for some reason? Hey. This movie doesn't make any sense. Hey, detect something, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. I'm the world's greatest detective. It, it, <laughs> Dude. It doesn't this, make any sense. And there's so many weird little, like, his 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 relationship with P- Peter Stormare's character, the fucking, the chair dealer. <laughs> The chair dealer who is very insightful about crime scenes for some reason. <laughs> well, the, he was the, insightful. He was insightful of the art of the crime scene, which I can understand. I I can see his character. Yeah, I can see his he, character being one of those guys that's into like weird fucked yeah, up that's, art. Maybe that's fine. That's but they fine. didn't. But they didn't. No pun intended. But there was no paint him in that light. <laughs> there, yeah, there was no introduction. No. Suddenly they're just sitting. He was in a still bar. my favorite character, though. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> it wasn't a bar. It wasn't a bar. It was, oh yeah, they were suddenly in a bar. they're just in a. They were in a bar the call first time. A, pu- a pub? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, they're just sitting there in a pub and... It's a pub? <laughs> in a pub. It's, it's a pub? He's in a pub having a pint. And uh, and he's showing him pictures of fucking chairs. Victorian chairs. Like, like pick the one you want and I'll get it for you. Like, it's like super slimy almost. Yeah. What are you <laughs> doing? so weird. Why is this... I don't ah. know. <laughs> let let me let me run through this real quick so that people can understand. No, what don't even. It no? doesn't. No, okay. it doesn't matter. Right. It does, right, It fine. really doesn't matter. This movie was. You, you know how to pick them, James. You were so excited to watch this movie too. You're like, this movie looks awesome. Like no, I had never heard of. No, I had I didn't never heard, say that. I had never heard it before. You go. I want to do this movie because it looks great. I've wanted to see it for a long time. Didn't say that you either. Mm. Only I. I even said right when we started talking about this movie that I. I randomly saw the trailer for it a few months ago. All right, fine, fair enough. I had never heard of this movie before. I thought that the concept was cool, and That's- so I thought, hey, we should partner this up with something else and so i did it and uh 
let's talk about it paid off tremendously because oh, yeah. this oh. was I mean, it's of, good conversation one of this, the but... better movies i've seen recently yeah right um let's talk about things we actually did like let's let, let's switch gears here okay so what did you so seven <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not you're not getting out of this what did you actually like about this movie i can i can name at least one thing um the way that the while while you're thinking, the way that the bodies were actually constructed, yeah, when they found them, yeah, were actually really in, in, cool and inventive, and the whole force perspective <laughs> thing was actually really cool in a couple of them. Like, like the, there's one body that was completely cut into a bunch of pieces, and when you looked at it from a certain angle, it kind of looked like this like demon bird thing, and it yeah. was kind of really cool. Um, that's what I I I don't know. I thought that I mentioned this uh, within the past couple episodes. Or we were talking about something else. I have no idea, but the the setting up of the bodies kind of reminded me. And I never, I I didn't even really watch that much of this show, but uh, I watched enough of it to kind of correlate the two. Um, Hannibal, the new Hannibal yeah. movie with uh, Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm. show. The what did I, did I say? Movie? Yeah. Don't, so, be, don't be one of those people. Don't call a movie a show. In a show or movie. Please don't do it. Well, nobody ever calls a show a movie. Uh, my boss does. <laughs> well, he's a redneck. <laughs> um, no, but, yeah. no, but you know what I'm saying. The uh, the show, um, yep. Hannibal, the way that he sets up, at least I watched some of season one. I don't know if this, did you watch the whole thing? Uh-uh. It, I know that it, I, I don't know if it continues through the rest of the seasons or not, but uh, I know that the way he would set the bodies up was sort of artistic mm-hmm. in a way. Uh-huh. Like he did the, uh, was the eagle one. They called it the, it's actually an old Viking, an old Viking way oh, of killing the, 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 where the chest is spread out. No, it's actually the back muscles, I think. Yeah, but it's like, but yeah. Like but the rib, the rib cage yeah, and the back muscles That was another movie, too. That was in a out. completely different movie, too. Well, there was... Because uh, Jansen was telling us about it. He knew about it. Uh, there was a movie that we watched where they did that, and he was telling us about it. I forget what it is now. I forget, too. But regardless of what Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the way the movie, the, or the way the bodies were set up in this movie, I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um... Other things that I really liked about the movie, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I honestly, There's I think not much I think this like entire movie relies on on the uh, this the um the crime scenes, and and like again, those weren't even shot to their potential. They really weren't. Not at all. My my favorite part was Peter Stormare. Honestly, every scene that he was in, he was great. Mm-hmm. I loved him. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, he just plays a weird dude. Like huh. He's a weird chair dealer who loves <laughs> art. I, I don't, I don't really understand his character, but I kind of love him for it. <laughs> he's just a weird, enigmatic kind of character that kind of that that gives Defoe the answers when he when he's looking for them, right. sort of. And I, and I did love that the. Um, there, there really isn't much else. Even the ending, the ending was so abrupt, and and didn't make sense. So the, the yeah. killer, the killer sets up a a, a scene, a, a a scene, right? And when you take a picture of it, the scene, the picture somehow has one of these anamorphic uh, images in it, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the other, the other uh, 
uh, what's his it's name? Carl. Uh, yeah, Carl realizes, and I thought this is actually pretty cool. He had a coffee mug that was just a stainless steel coffee mug. Yeah. And when he set his coffee mug down in one of the pictures, he realized in the reflection he was seeing that anamorphic sort of. So anamorphic it was. It, it was the the, the first the first kill scene, which was the guy hanging from his ankle. Yep. Uh, in the corner of it, if he held his uh, held his stainless steel mug a certain way, it actually showed. It showed the image of the, of next. the next crime scene. Yep. So then he went to the next one that the showed, thing is, and then none so of those, that eventually led him to the final crime scene. But none of it makes sense though, because none of the images that he saw in the mug would lead him to a crime scene. It was just a skull, or it was just the way that the other body was set up. It wouldn't lead him anywhere. Well, so even if you would have found that, it wouldn't have helped you. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing about it that would lead you to the next place. Well, I think. I think the thing is, is that it just he he knew by the time they had already had three crime scenes, right? So he knew that he knew that uh, the first crime scene was the guy hanging from his ankle. Yeah. He knew that the second crime scene was the weird bird thing. Uh huh. So he made the correlation between that first one and the second one. So then he goes to the third one. The third one shows him the fourth one. And because they had already figured out where the supposed killer had already uh, been shacking up or whatever, yeah. so to speak, he knew of that. He knew of that uh, that place and that exact, uh, what the hell was that thing? A gazebo or whatever mm-hmm. it was. So he knew death where to go. <laughs> the death gazebo. So he knew where to go looking for it. Okay. Yeah. So it was just kind of it, it was just kind of dumb luck but in it a way. Wasn't, but it wasn't like a trail the way other movies that have these kind of like clues. This movie reminded me a lot actually of The Bone Collector. Yeah. And especially I've been watching that series a lot lately, like uh-huh. the new Bone uh, Collector Lincoln series, Rim, yeah. which is fantastic by the way. It's so good. Mm. But that's exactly what that show and the original movie were. You have a killer that kills somebody then leaves clues to to, to the, next, to the next thing, but they're yeah. really cleverly done. They're really well done. Uh-huh. And this movie wanted to be that. It just failed completely. Like, yeah. It just failed miserably. <clears throat> the last thing that I want to mention before we move on just super quickly was there's a big scene at the very end where Stokely is getting angel wings tattooed on her back. Yeah. And I'm looking at these tattoos at first. And I'm going, these are really shitty tattoos. Like, why the fuck is she letting this guy tattoo these awful looking angel wings on her back? And then I realized, oh, it's anamorphous. Aha. You look at it from a certain angle. And when, when Willem Dafoe finally finds her and he puts his eye, because the tattoo artist drew an eye at the bottom of her back because yeah. you couldn't figure that out. Yeah. But when he actually looks down her back, there's this really, really awful split screen of half of her back and then half of a painting that looked atrocious. Did you not notice this? Um, it was awful. The word dead was written in it and half of it was on her back and then half of it was like a painting. Yeah, didn't you notice that that was on the floor? The, the, when, when, the no, way when, that they edited no, when those... He, when he first walked into the room... When he first walked into that okay. uh, that that warehouse or whatever it was, you could see streaks of red and blue and gray and black paint leading all the way from the door that he was standing in to Stokely's I body. I did not notice that. Yeah. Okay. So what I I it thought... was so it was basically like one of those drawings that we were talking about 
on on okay, the sidewalk makes, where you that, have to look at it from a certain angle. Okay, to, yeah, that makes more sense. I was thinking <laughs> that they were trying to split screen it to make it look better, and they tried to put two images together to make you think the whole thing was her back. And I'm like, that was no. Not her he whole was back. <laughs> the the reason the the reason the killer okay, had, the reason okay. the killer had positioned her so that her shoulders were dropping down toward the floor is so that gotcha the curvature of her back would lead to the painting on the floor i got okay it doesn't make the movie any better no it doesn't make the movie at least it makes that scene a little bit better and also the ending is infuriating because the the killer for years now had been so uh um what's the word i'm looking for so uh precise in everything that he had done mm-hmm. to not get caught and had killed countless times and had led led the cops on a, a wild goose chase, always kind of stringing them along. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, he just sort of happened to... Like, uh, Stan shows up at the AA meeting and they're like, hey, out of character they're like, for, hey, yeah. hey, Mike left this for you. It's like, oh, okay, dude. You just gave yourself away it's completely, completely like it's, out of yeah. character. Yeah, and then and then and then and then it comes down to shooting a gun. That was fucking stupid. What would you like rather? You, what would you? What would you rather than have, than have shot? <laughs> a potato gun. <laughs> no, I, I like it. Like he yeah. he had gone through the Spot like you, bro. He was so tedious about everything that he had <laughs> done. Up to that point, and then at the very end, the yeah. object of his obsession, who was Stan, Stan was his... unless he wanted Stan to kill him. Unless that was the whole point. Stan didn't kill him, though. You're right. Uh, Carl did. Uh, Carl killed him. Carl. Carl killed him. So yeah, to, for it to come down to him shooting Stan yeah, in the stomach, great. It just wasn't good. But then know. the the last thing that I want to say. There's a really weird. The, the, this movie ends weird yeah. as hell. Yeah, with uh, a split, uh, like a split image of uh, Willem Dafoe with his head tilted backwards, screaming in the air, and then two other Willem Dafoe heads on either side of him doing weird robotic movements. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Ooh, uh, hold on. Did you happen to look at it from any different angle? Um, I did not. The way the way the middle uh face kind of stretches out toward the mm-hmm. end. I want to say that if you and it would make sense for this movie. I want to say that if you look at it from a different angle, it does something. You think so? I mean, I just why thought else? that it looked like the Metallica hardwired to destruct all the cover. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> The entire time. Oh yeah, man, totally does. <laughs> that every when I saw it, that's the only thing that I could think of. I honestly, Here's- I honestly think there's something to it. Like I, I, I think that I think that the filmmaker thought that he was really making something special. fucking special yeah. with yeah. this movie, and I think that right at the end, because there was no other imagery like that in the movie. Where they had like well, weird trippy. Speaking like, of that though, I don't, don't want to keep harping on this. Stuff. We're going longer on yeah. this movie than we should have. But the what didn't make sense about the ending to me is that the, the the killer made art out of all of his 
out of all of his victims, right? Yeah. And that image, there was a painting of an image of Defoe's character with you know him going crazy looking to the left, him going crazy looking up, and then him yeah. going crazy looking to the right. Yeah. But that didn't actually happen in real life. That just happened in basically Defoe's like subconscious. Yeah, yeah, we saw that on screen, but it would not have happened in real life. So what was he painting? Everything else that the killer painted actually was able to happen in real life. Yeah. So that doesn't really fit either. Hmm. I found that to be like, what the, like this doesn't it just doesn't make sense. It's stupid. We really have talked about this for too long. Too long. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> because let's move it on sucks to, so let's much. move on to the better movie that we're probably not going to talk about near as much. Um everybody's seen seven. Right? I, I feel like if you're if you're listening to the show and you haven't seen seven a, there's something wrong with you. B, turn this off and watch it, because we're going to spoil everything, and there is a big twist at the end that we're going to talk about. Um, but this movie's from 1995. I did not realize it was that old. I thought it was like late 90s. I didn't realize it was mid 90s. Um, but it oh, it stands up to the test of time. This movie is. I'm going to go ahead and say that this movie is in the top three greatest thrillers of all time. Mm. Hands down. This is it's one just, of, might this, even be top two. This is one of my favorite movies. Uh, directed by David Fincher, who obviously we talked earlier, Fight Club, Alien 3, Gone Girl, Zodiac, Panic Room, Girl with the Dragon Tattooed, a slew of others. He is an incredible director. Anything that he does, watch it, because it's going to be amazing. Um, let's see here. Two detectives, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses seven deadly sins as his motives. You have the incomparable Morgan Freeman, who plays Somerset. Uh, Brad Pitt, who plays Mills. Gwyneth Paltrow, who plays Tracy Mills's wife. Mills's. Mills's wife. Um, Arlie Emery, who's Ermy. amazing. In- Arlie Ermy. Or, sorry, Ermy. I've always said Emery. Well, I don't know why. That's wrong. It's wrong, yeah. That's wrong. Our, uh, Arlie Ermy, who plays the uh, police captain, who is amazing, and his eyebrows are bushy as ever. Um, <laughs> you have uh, Dr. Cox, who plays... <laughs> <laughs> randomly randomly shows up as the uh the leader of the SWAT team, which I think is very funny. Um uh Kevin Spacey. Spoilers. Oh. Kevin Spacey again, if you haven't seen this movie, you're this is it's from fucking 1995. Come on. What's he doing? Um Spacey is John Doe. He is the killer. He is probably it's a real, real shame. Oh, you're really going for yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. It's a real, real shame that Kevin Spacey turned out to be a bit of a creep because he was one of the greatest actors of his generation. Yeah. No, I, the jury's out. No, and the thing is, <laughs> creep or not, he still is one of the greatest actors of our generation. I can separate the man from the art. A lot of people can't. Yeah, of course. Cre- I'm not celebrating him as a man. I'm celebrating him. I'm celebrating his contribution. His to contribution the, to it, and he yeah, is still. It's just like it's, one of the greatest actors that are working right now it's just like or not working, it's just suppose, like but. it's just like creep or not again jury's still out michael jackson one of the greatest no. singers alive jackson didn't do it sorry we're not getting into this he didn't do it that's why i said jury's, jury's still yeah, out. yeah i agree dick. he was um bill cosby uh by the way it's still funny <laughs> by the way ju- jury's still <laughs> He's out a piece of shit by the way jury's still out gwyneth paltrow whether or not she's a complete nut job Jury, no, jury's, no, jury's still, in. Jury's jur- pretty much jur- in on that. Jury's still out. Oh, jury's in. Jury's in. She's oh. a complete nut job. Complete. But, but still. Still a really good actress. <laughs> and still. <laughs> fine. <laughs> we haven't done a good fine in a while. Um, she really is. Man. We still haven't. Because that was a travesty. 
That was good. Um, and then my absolute favorite character actor of all fucking time, Leland Orser, is also in this movie, who coincidentally was also in The Bone Collector, which was the better version of Animorph. <laughs> Come on. He's in that, too. So, uh, I actually I love... thought, I, actually thought I, I forgot that Leland Orser was in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, until you saw him? So did you, until you saw him. No, no, I didn't. I've always known that he's the dude that fucked the chick with the knife. <laughs> Come on. Oh, really? It's pretty hard to forget that. So when we were watching the movie the other night and you go, I forgot Leland Horser was in this movie. I knew it. I just, <laughs> it, was a, it was a momentary lapse in, in memory. Fuck off. Hey, um, you'd make a great politician. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I do love Leland Horser, though. He's, I do too, He's man. one of my favorites. Yeah, he's amazing. Dude, did you know like Leland Horser? For as small of a part he had in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. I got to go down to my notes here because I actually wrote this down. Uh, in, as preparation for his traumatic scene in the interrogation room, Leland Orser would breathe in and out rapidly so his body would be overly saturated with oxygen, giving him the ability to hyperventilate. He also did not sleep for a few days straight oh, in order geez. to achieve his character's disoriented look. He was in the movie for less than a minute. And he did all that preparation. That's intense. That is why I love him, though. Every role that he is in, because he's never had a leading role. It's always character work. Mm-hmm. And every single time, he lights up the screen. He's mm. so good. And 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 the thing is this, he really only plays Leland Orser. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he has this great range as an actor, but what he does is so good. It's refreshing in every single movie he's in. Well, you're saying that he's the direct opposite of a character actor then. No, because it the the character that he plays just fits into the movies he's cast in so well though. That's that's the thing. Like he's playing that character. He's a character actor of that character. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> that that's I'm sure he's better in other stuff too. That's fine. You know what's like, funny? I don't I don't think I've I don't, I haven't seen a lot of uh interviews. With him, I'm, I've never so gone I, out of so my I, way to look so for I him. So I don't really know much about him. We should do that as a person. You know we what I do mean? That. Let's get to know him as an actor. I love him. Uh, I don't know too much about him as a as a person though. That's that's kind of wild. I'm sure he's a fine, upstanding citizen. I'm just gonna put that out there and guess it. But you know, a fine, upstanding he's citizen. Fine. Um. Anyway, though, uh, seven. If you don't know what seven is, uh, go to hell. Go go to hell. <laughs> Morgan Freeman's character Somerset is on the verge of retiring. And uh, he's he's covered a lot in his life. He's an old man, and uh, they're in New York. I think is what we decided. Right there in New York. Yeah, you gotta. Do you have to work some stuff out? No, no. You're working through a lot of like. No, I don't. Hidden... I just don't. I don't remember them. No, actually. no, no. I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about every time you go to talk, you go. Oh yeah, no. Listen, <laughs> I got the burpees. Okay. We need to um, post our rules about our drinking game <laughs> yeah, because right. Mike is uh, Mike is talking through a lot of burps right now. Sorry, Vito. I know you love it. Mm. Um, Somerset is on the verge of retiring. Mills was just hired to basically replace him. However, Somerset does not respect Mills at first. He doesn't understand why he's there. He doesn't think that he respects the job. Mills and Somerset are the polar opposite type detectives. Yeah. And so they butt heads a lot. Um, this new this new murder falls in their lap. And uh, it's the very first murder of uh, John Doe. And he basically... In his crime scenes, he leaves behind the the word of one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, you have Sloth, which was this gigantically humongous fat man that was bound at the uh, hands. No. What? 
That's not sloth. That's not sloth? No. Wait, no. He was gluttony. That was gluttony. Sorry. 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 (laughs) Gluttony, um, which was the first one they... No. Yep. Was it the first one? Yeah. Yeah. He was the first one that they find bound at the hands and the feet. He's he's got to be all of like 500, 600 pounds. He's he's huge. He's a big boy. He's huge. Mm -hmm. He's like... Like, think of a roly-poly. Like, when they... Like, he'd be a huge man if he was spread out, is all I'm saying. But, like, like a roly-poly times a gajillion. That's that. That's what he looked like. Um, He's a big one. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's the thing, though. He would leave it, though, and, like... So you knew, oh, this is the start. This is one of seven deadly sins. There are six more to follow. Um, and so that's the movie, is them basically following this these... Well, I love I oh, so like good. one of my one of my favorite things is the the reluctance of uh of Somerset yeah. to get into this. He just doesn't mind. Like to. he he sees he sees this first crime scene and he's like he like before even finding the second deadly sin crime scene, he, he and, and, it out. and it was actually before they even found the word gluttony, he knew that something was up. Uh-huh. He and he says to uh Arlie Ermey's character, which is who's the captain, the police captain. He says, "This is just beginning, yep. and I can't get into it." And they don't believe him because he's six days six days away from retirement, and he's like, "I can't get into it." But he can't help himself though. He goes to the library and does all of the research oh, because he doesn't think that Mills can handle it. One so of he my does all, but one I of don't... my favorite scenes in this entire movie is watching because it's it's two different schools of thought. Uh, on how 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 would you, how you would approach this mm-hmm. situation? He goes like his first instinct is he, he like he's he, he's obviously been doing this for years. Yeah, and he thinks about things like he doesn't think about things uh, by the book. He's not a protocol kind of guy. He's not he gets the box he gets guy. he gets into the head of yep. like into the mind of the killer. And so, like, there's this if you great... were if you're thinking about this, what kind of books would you read? What kind of things would you watch? Right, like, right, right. Like he's he's looking at the out. It's almost like he's treating the symptom rather than the uh, what do they call it? There's a uh, the problem. He's treating the symptom rather than the problem itself. Like like you have this murder here that's doing these things, but what caused him to do these things? Yeah, he's looking back in time to try to figure that out. And it's it's super. So, he's, so he's a, a genius, really. So there's a great montage of uh, like the, him going to the to the library to look up all these books, like by Chaucer and uh, um, like he he looks up Dante. Can, Canterbury Tale. He looks Canterbury Tales. He looks up Dante's Inferno. He looks up the uh, the Divine Comedy. All these like different just super old books mm-hmm. that all might might relate to this murder in some way sure and then well, and all- then during that montage they also cut back to mills who is his his thing is he's all about the he's all about what's laid out right in front of him so sure. he's he's rifling through the the pictures of this huge dead guy but- like and and looking at the pictures of him bound at the feet in the hands and like trying to figure out some clue that's there that's not like readily available to him. What I love though is that both schools of thought sort of work though because they both bring things to the table. Well, and they're you kind see, of you see them both working separately. Like they, they're kind of like the right brain and the left yeah. brain working. 
you independently have, of each other, but then also working in tandem. You have Somerset that thinks that Mills just isn't going to look into anything, but then you have scenes where Mills has everything spread out in his tables, and he's doing his own thing, and he's a, he's a good detective by his own right. He's just really brash, and not of the, the I don't want to say of the caliber, but he's not the same as Somerset. He's not of the caliber. Well, he's. I mean, it's like yeah, he's true, a good but, detective, but he's not of the caliber. But of Somerset, Somerset, Somerset no though, originally thought he was like inept, though, and he's not. He just approached things from a very different <clears throat> angle. Yeah. And the two of them actually work really, really well together. And yeah. The, and the, what I love is that the movie is isn't it? The movie actually the 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 crimes themselves are almost a backdrop in a certain way to the story of the two of them working together mm-hmm. because they they start off so separately. And then by the end of the movie, they're intertwined and together, and you would think they've been working together for years and years and years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's um, this movie's brilliant. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. If you're still listening to this and you haven't seen it, like I can't stress to you enough, like how much this movie needs to be number one on your watch list. It's so so um, good. Uh, and when, it's, when it's did... geniusly directed. It is geniusly written. It is geniusly acted. Um, the and, only thing that I can say and shot, yeah. I, oh, shot! I, I would, the, I would everything say everything. I would about, say yeah. that's I, that's the main thing for me. Like, I, I so this came out in 1995. I was mm-hmm. 10 years old when it came out. I probably saw it in, I want to say 1997. Yeah, I probably saw it about two years after it came out. Okay, that's uh, probably probably the same for me. So I was probably 12. It completely fucked me up. Seriously, I I can actually remember the the very first time I watched this movie. We used to, uh, you you know what my parents' uh, kitchen looks like, right? I do. Fucked your mom on it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we used to we used to haul our mattresses out to the dining room. We'd push the table out of the way. We'd haul our mattresses mattresses out to the dining room, and mm-hmm. earlier in the night we'd make cookies and stuff like that. And then we would just set up shop in the dining room. We had a TV in there, and we'd watch movies, eat cookies all night, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My sister's like, "Oh, there's this movie Seven that all my friends have been talking about," and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, let's watch it." I probably shit my Lost pants that shit. night. Oh, dude. <laughs> so much about this movie fucked me up as a young child the sloth uh that that being like even to this day when we were watching this movie the other night together mm-hmm. when it gets to that scene and he finally <gasps> dude that's I'm like i'm fu- oh god oh fuck like chills through my entire that's body literally that's like walking dead shit like oh, honestly the, the guy that played but sloth better was the, the guy that played Sloth apparently showed up to the audition weighing 96 pounds. What? Right? And he was cast. He was cast. Was and, Doug Jones? <laughs> yeah, right. He was cast. And uh, David Fincher jokingly said, yeah, well, you could stand to lose seven pounds. Jokingly, right? He came to set six pounds later. Oh. Like, that's crazy. The what? dude came to set weighing like nine, or 89 to 90 pounds. Oh. That is insanity, dude. Now maybe the dude, maybe the dude was like super skinny and maybe sick or something. I don't know, but like for for an adult male oh, to get down to that weight yeah. is insane. That's, so that's why I'm saying maybe there was something else going on, like that where 
to where his body type was that for a reason. Oh yeah, I mean, but there could who be knows, any number. Like, I mean, look, like look at Javier Batet, you know, like sure, he's, sure, he's six five, six six, and probably weighs all of hundred fifty pounds yeah, or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, but man, yeah, that's messed up. It's it's nuts though, and um, but like I said, his his prosthetic so that he had though legit looked like a Walking Dead zombie. Oh, God, but it was great. It's still the thing is though. You, I say that, and you might think, oh, it looks out of place for a movie like this. It. It doesn't, doesn't though. Like it's still, it's the one thing that I think looks the most out of place. <clears throat> but that's not to say that it's out of the boundaries. You know what I'm saying? One of the most chilling parts of this movie has to do with the the, the, the sloth character. But uh, um, there you go. I'm gonna have another one of these bad boys because they are delicious. It has to do with the sloth character, but has nothing to Whoop. do with that actual scene. One of the most chilling parts of the because in this movie, there's this sort of um. Somerset, who's about to, uh, um, um, Morgan Freeman's character, Somerset, who is about to retire, mm-hmm. he's obviously very troubled by what he sees going on in the world, like just apathy. Like he looks around him and all he sees is apathy. Like people, like, uh, like, um, Mills, his, uh, Brad Pitt's character, Mills, his sort of, uh, his attitude toward crime scenes and stuff really troubles troubles Somerset. Yeah. Like the way he walks in, he'll kind of joke around about a dead body sitting there. It's like, dude, this is a human being, you know? And so one of the one of the parts in the movie, you know, Somerset's dealing with that throughout the entire movie. And so one of the parts in the movie that I kind of found the most chilling was after they after they go into the apartment and they find uh Victor the the sloth yeah. guy yeah they go to the hospital and they're talking to the doctor and Mills says to him he's like he's like uh uh has he said anything have you tried to ask him anything and the doctor says the doctor says uh even <laughs> e- even even if his brain weren't mush yep. which it is he chewed off his own tongue long ago like I was like, oh fuck, and then and he goes and then he goes, this man has suffered more than any per- like any I, I get, I've ever seen. Yeah, this man yeah. has has gone through and suffered more than anything <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, and now he still has hell to look forward to. Dude, and this like for a doctor crazy. to say that is kind of fucked up, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then he yep. just sort of like you know puts his pen in his pocket and walks away. He's like totally and it's fine. Like, and Jesus, like, man, like that's. That's fucking. Cr- it. I mean, like you know, at the same, like, you you kind of understand what he's saying. Like this was this guy was a terrible person. Yeah. But at the same time, to be so kind of cavalier about it and just be like, oh yeah, you know, he fucking yeah, chewed his tongue off, and also he's going to hell. So fuck him. Like it's just so. You kind of see things from Somerset's perspective at that point. And you're like, man, like. We as a human species have really gone down the shitter. Yeah, you you it, not only have people doing these despicable things, but then you have the apathy of everybody else around you. Well, like what's that quote? The uh, um uh the uh the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is the indifference of good men. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, like that's uh, yeah, it's very powerful, and and that's kind of I think that's kind of. I think that's kind of the message that you're supposed to take away from what Somerset is going through in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
he's looking around him and like he's spent this lifetime of trying to, you know, catch bad guys and seeing these terrible things going on around him, but then almost almost equally as bad he's seeing everybody else around him being completely apathetic about everything that they're seeing going on brad pitt even says something like that in the movie like he actually does say to him he goes i don't think that you're retiring because you want to leave i think you're retiring fuck i can't think of the quote right now but he but he says something very similar to it though he goes you you know exactly what the score is but you're running away from it instead of trying to solve it. Yeah, what is yeah, that I, quote? I, I don't want to butcher the quote, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's, but it's very similar to that train of thought, though. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I love this movie. This, Like I said, we could talk forever about this. I don't necessarily want to. I think, though, um, there is one scene in particular that caught me off guard, and I never realized it until this watch-through. Um, there's a scene where Morgan Freeman's Somerset meets with Gwyneth Paltrow's Tracy. And they meet for for breakfast one morning, mm-hmm. and she's like, she calls him late the the night before, and she's like, I really just need to talk to somebody. We're in a new town, and I don't know anybody but you, and I just need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. So he reluctantly agrees and meets her for breakfast, and he goes, No, tell me, tell me what you, what's on, what's really on your mind? That's what's a, on your a, mind? A, uh, that was a way better Morgan Freeman <laughs> than mine. Um, and she she starts to talk to him, and finally it comes out that she's pregnant and uh and brad pitt's mills doesn't know it yet mm-hmm. she's keeping this a secret and it's weird the convert the conversation takes a really weird turn because at first morgan freeman does not know that brad pitt doesn't know yeah and he immediately almost tries to talk he, her into he getting an abortion. He doesn't, he doesn't know that we know that they know we yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But he almost immediately just assumes that she's considering an abortion. Mm. She never once brought that up at all. Like, he has no idea if Mills even knows, really, at that point. He has, like, yeah, he's, like, immediately, like, almost pushing for an abortion. And it's, like... No, it's, 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 I, I found I that what, kind of weird. I see what you're saying, but I think that he, well, he's speaking on experience uh-huh. because he said, he's got a real heartfelt story about he, his own he, past. Yeah, yeah. He relates a story to her where he says, I, you know, like a, a woman that I was with at one point in time was pregnant and I, I didn't think that I should bring a child into this world and I wore her down and blah, blah, blah. So, but he doesn't straight up tell her like I I think he like eventually what he gets to is if you decide to have this baby, spoil the hell out of it. Spoil the hell out of it. But if you decide not to have this baby, don't ever tell him. But the thing which was, I disagree with. But the thing was though <laughs> you know? is she never gave off the impression that that's where her mindset was. I think and that so I he thought was, it was a little bit weird that it went there to begin with. I think that he was picking up on the because she was she was obviously not loving their life in the city. Sure. She hated being there. Yeah. Um, so I think that he was kind of just <gasps> picking up on her vibe. What if? What if it was his? Oh. oh. <laughs> what if there's a subplot here that we just didn't even know? Wow. What if after that full pint glass full of wine? Yeah. He. He railed the shit out of Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm, right. Gwyneth Morgan. That sounds that <laughs> It sounded that they'd have real good looking babies. That's all I'm saying. What if that was it? 
As as long as she didn't name her company Gloop. Oh, <laughs> the word just sounds gross. Gloop. I mean, <laughs> you you can get you can get candles that smell like like uh, that smell like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina if that's if that's your thing. Gloop.com. I mean, it's a real. <laughs> I I don't know that that's not my thing, so I'm not gonna write it off. It's a fair point. <laughs> Completely fair point. It is Gwyneth Paltrow after all, but she uh, she has that thing regularly oh, you steamed, get, you know. You can get some Kegel rocks. That, oh. You can get rocks that literally that you shove up your, your vagina. And you just hold them all day. Well, apparently they do stuff. They do stuff, James. Yeah, they strengthen your vaginal muscles. No, no, no. They do stuff. Oh. Oh. I don't, they, I don't know what, what that stuff what, is. What do they do? I don't even think they know what it is. Stuff. But it's the stuff. <laughs> Her website, if you want a good laugh, seriously, down a fucking pint of Jack and then go on the Gloop <laughs> website, you'll have a fucking ball. Yeah. It is, it is a trip. She's, the shit they sell She's on there. fucking right, riding tandem on the back of Fonzie's skis. Oh, my God. She yeah, fucking she's jumped the shark, job. baby. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> nut job. Okay. Speaking of nutty things, get this. Hot though. Denzel. Oh. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, yeah. I. Yeah. What about Denzel? Denzel Washington uh, turned down the part of Mills. We could have had. There is a world where we could have had a Denzel Morgan Freeman. Because Morgan Freeman was, was signed on from the get go. He was always there. But it could have been Denzel and Morgan. That wouldn't have worked to me. You know what though? Would not have worked. Oh, would have been Denzel and Morgan? Yeah, it would not have worked. No, because Denzel's too. I could see Denzel and the Morgan character. Right, exactly. But that and was never on the Morgan Freeman signed on and immediately. It, and so. it's because Denzel's got too much of an air of uh, you know, like like I've I know what I'm doing. He's the equalizer. Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking <laughs> he's a fucking equalizer. <laughs> um, no. Secondly, can I? <laughs> Yes, continue. <laughs> um, I actually just since you brought up Denzel, this movie, this movie, and uh, Fallen, I've always kind of lumped together. Oh, really? Even though That's Fallen weird. has like a a total supernatural, mm-hmm. a, a, a total supernatural overtone to yep. it. Not overtone. It's a fucking supernatural movie. It's about demons. But yeah, Fallen and Seven. See, totally. I hadn't seen Fallen until we did the show. So I never obviously did that. For great me, it was movie, Bone though. Collector and, and Seven. It's great Those movie, were always though, right? my two. Fallen? Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, man, fucking Zazel, um, dude. Shut the fuck up, phone. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, also, if it wasn't Denzel, it very well could have been. Get ready for this. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone. In the. The role of Mills. Wow. Yeah, that would not have worked either. Knowing the movie <laughs> that as it is now, that would have never worked. Hey, I have this, we have this we have this one body we found it and there was like cockroaches that was just crawling all over it and uh and you you wouldn't even believe you wouldn't even believe the smell it was so bad you know what I'm saying like it was hey, all we got. Hey. Hey, what's in the, what's in the box? Hey, what's in the box? Zach, uh, Adrian, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> so bad. That was apparently a, a thing that was on the table. Wow. Um, yeah. They actually. Both of those actors turned down the role, which means they were actually offered to them. Good. And then uh, also, uh, we have some other weird casting news from um, 
John Doe was not originally Kevin Spacey, which I can't picture anybody else playing that role at all. But apparently the role was originally offered to uh, Val Kilmer. Mm, no. Which, which nope. is a better choice than Sylvester Stallone as Mills. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's a better it's, choice than yeah. that. You know what, though? I'm actually coming around on the uh, Denzel <laughs> as Mills. I'm coming around on it. How? Because I'm thinking back to... Because I, 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 picture, I picture Denzel nowadays. Yeah. You know? If I'm thinking back to 1995 Denzel... That's true, I suppose. Because I'm thinking of... Now I'm thinking of Denzel from Fallen. He was a young man. Yeah, but you know what, though? Part if I'm of- thinking back to Morgan Freeman... As Somerset still, and Denzel as the new up and comer. Yeah, in 1995, I can I'm still not. I can it. see it. I'm still I, I, I love. I, I love Brad Pitt. Like Brad Pitt the plays the fucking cocky ass prick. Well, I think the one of the reasons that it this. works though is not only are they opposites in their detective style, they're opposites in every way, shape, and form, even down to their skin color. And I think that they, like the the whole playing off, not that race had literally anything no, to do. Yeah. But but, it, but but as but it's weird, like as weird as it sounds though, even from a visual standpoint though, they're very much black and white. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, there's they they are literally as opposite as can be, and I think right. that that plays to the strengths of the characters. Yeah, and I just I don't feel like any like I could see maybe like an Edward Norton in that role would work. Mm. You know, he was young enough at that point in time. He was he was and Edward Norton is a fine actor. I could absolutely see that. I could see um yeah. But I, I couldn't see somebody like uh I don't know I, I, Leonardo was probably too young at that point to play that role, um I don't know like, there there are other there are other actors that could have done the role, but I still think that they did the that that they ended up with the right choice because mm-hmm. their the, the the Brad Pitt Morgan Freeman dynamic is incredible, mm-hmm. um I do think there are some there are some lines that Brad Pitt delivers that are a little bit to be delivered like it like you can tell that he's acting rather than living in the character if that makes sense you know every now and then it shines through a little bit you don't get that with morgan freeman but you get a little bit with brad pitt but it's not distracting enough to ever be an issue but the funny thing about his performance in this movie because i agree with you but the funny thing about the performance is you can almost kind of chalk it up to the the cock acidness of his character uh-huh. Uh-huh. like he's a cock ass you know cock ass <laughs> and you can kind of you can kind of chalk it up to that yeah you can you know 100 like is it bad acting or is he just a fucking cock ass cock ass. and you can kind of you can kind of just kind of just blame it on can that you, can you say cock ass one more time uh you're a cock ass <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's that's seven. We don't need to we don't need to say anymore no, about it. It's, no, it's amazing. Just, just watch it, please. It's one of the best movies. It is ever. I'd say ever. Um, um fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. it for this week. Um, Those were concept killers. Concept killers. Uh, Those are that's uh, next, I don't even uh, know, what, what, I don't even remember the name of the episode. Uh, the the Those, the concept of the kill. The concept of the, the kill. concept of the kill. Uh, next week we are doing. Next week is Demon Seed and Inseminoid. Uh, we're uh, definitely gonna get roommate Jen in for that. She's got to be back into it because if anybody knows anything about Demon Seed inseminating her, it's her. <laughs>
That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And she would agree. She would agree. It's not even an insult. It's uh, she would agree wholeheartedly. We love you, Jen. But uh, yeah, you're so, coming on next week. Yeah. So, so look that. Look forward to Jen being back next week as long as she doesn't have COVID nineteen. I mean, if she does, I'll just put her in a bubble. Yeah, we'll fucking wrap her face in saran wrap, and then, <laughs> and then you know, but what we'll, we'll we'll put the mic against her. Well, no, we'll put the mic against her face and then wrap the saran wrap around both the mic oh, and her so face. So she'll be like, I really like this movie a lot. It was really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, until next week, I if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at The Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at The Buzzed Kill PC. And uh, check out check out J Rod. Check out J Rod. Shit, why not? OceanRecordingStudio.com or Ocean Recording on all social media for all your fantastic audio needs. Mm. 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 We miss you, Jay. Miss you, Jay. I talked to him the other day. He seems like he wants to come back for a show. Of course he does. I'm just saying, it seems like it. How could you not miss this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can. It's see, so shitty. I'll entertain the opposite as well. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, that right. is the show for this week. Yeah, um, that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week for some inseminoid and demon seed. Demon seed. Yeah. Hey, cheers, brother. Cheers. Have a good night. Try to have a good night. And uh, fuck off. Cheers. And fuck off. <laughs>